0: now, the comedy genius who brought you modern romance and the mathematics genius who brought you modern physics, please welcome Albert Brooks and Albert Einstein.
1: Sometimes a name doesn't tell the whole story. One podcast title might have you Albert. expecting a contentious shouting match, Albert, I thought only I, to discover a surprise encounter to, uh, with mutual tenderness you and know. respect. Hey, a single conversation you know, can le- i think it's funny albert I a single think conversation can lead to a lifelong alliance hey, especially albert. when a conversation over here. never ends albert, albert, over albert here. what are you doing i think it's funny that your my name is albert einstein and yours is albert, albert- it, we're, we're trying to do something long form here you don't need to go riffing now. You understand what I'm saying? You, you walk over here, you come out, you say your lines, you do your bit, it's all planned out. I just wanted to, you know. Now I have a very, very tight script here that needs to be executed the way it was written. Albert, can you do that? I just wanted to. Okay, Albert, you know what a formula is? A formula, I would think you would know what a formula is. I don't have to explain it to you. You're Albert Einstein. And writing is like name. a formula. You put one thing in the beginning, you put one thing at the end. If you don't do the thing at the beginning, you don't get the thing at the end. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Do you understand that concept? Do I understand concepts? I know that your, my name is Albert Einstein, and Albert yours is- please, will you please just do this written. You're a genius, all right? Nobody's disputing that. You're a genius, but not a comedy. I know you learn to hypothesis and stuff. This is no time for experimentation. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't think you do. Jesus, I hate that face. You're just looking at me like there's nothing going on, and yet I know there's a lot going on because you're Albert Einstein. I just thought maybe you would uh, like what I was doing. I know. Uh, I know what I you're saying. I just want you know you were such a comedy genius. I thought now, that Albert, you might appreciate. Albert, you're killing me. Don't uh, try to like, impress like, me. My, okay. Look, I I know what you're doing. You're trying to be funny. The thing is, is that you don't need to be funny. I just wanted to see, I just wanted to make a joke around uh, the great comedian, Albert. I, don't try to get approval from me. I'm the best at this and I don't think I'm funny. Well, because your name is Albert Brooks. And wait, I'm... See what I mean? Don't even try. Folks, what you're seeing here is not what I intended. I know this isn't a deconstruction of a word show pablum. This is, this is, this is actually happening. Albert. what? Albert, I thought I... It's funny, your name is Albert. My name is Albert Einstein, and your name Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, Einstein. You know, I think it's funny. Can someone here just play me off? Can we just play me off here? Where is Bob Einstein? Will he do this with me? Why is no one playing me off? Were you on curb? Never mind. Uh, nominated tonight for best ensemble conversation in a podcast Wade Carney and Sigmund Lamar remind us of the last, shut up Iceland, love the lasting power of friendship in this lengthy clip from You Watched It Wrong Jesus I hate that joke You equals wrong You watched it wrong
0: Okay next up your buddy My (laughs) buddy I've been trying to segue off of this, but, it, but I'm glad, uh, I'm glad we <laughs> haven't your buddy.
1: Go ahead. Say Guillermo, who it is. Guillermo del Toro. Good old Guillermo. So he comes out to, uh, introduce the, um, best director award and ends up saying something quite nice. Um, which I did not write down. Huh? um, I remember him saying, um, basically talking about how great, uh, these are all people who have to make a movie requires you to do all, you know, put all the stuff down. he talks about all the effort and passion and, 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 and perfectionism that you put into making these things and that each one of these five people's films will remain untouched after whoever, after the, after we all leave here tonight. I thought that was a, a a really important perspective to have that I know no one will, but it's the way it should be. It's, it's the perspective one should all take. What do you mean by untouched? Meaning that um, when the person who wins um, best director of a film, that the other four are uh, now considered lesser than or... Uh, oh. be forgotten about or that all all, all their efforts uh, either went for naught or are now somehow inv- invalid. You're saying no, the their the, the the brilliance and integrity of their films will be untouched when everyone leaves here tonight. All five unblemished. Yeah. Unblemished. Basically yeah. Well,
0: that is nice.
1: It was a nice and thought. It's
0: true. And it's very true. And unless course... they unless they sucked to begin
1: with. Um <laughs> Like, you know, the dad's an ideal home. <laughs> uh,
0: um, okay, so best director category. The nominees are Alfonso Cuaron, Roma, Yorgos Lanthimos, the favorite, Spike Lee, Black Klansman. I've decided I better do them all. Ethnic <laughs> for all I sound, with or this, i weird.
1: With the same ethnicity. Adam
0: McKay? vice and uh i should know how to do this is not it pavel is it pavel Pavlowski? pavel cows pavel- pavlikowski yeah for cold war cold war do you know what you're fighting for <laughs> does it feature the janelle Monae song probably not um so uh for me there was only one <sighs> there was some uh alfonso yorgos and spike Oh, did great direction, I thought. Yeah, I didn't see Cold War. I tried so Adam hard McKay. to see it. Adam McKay, as I said, I felt like I'd been taken by the scruff of the neck and had my face shoved into scene after scene.
1: Yeah, Big Short, uh, sure. I thought it was, but
0: not Vice. I thought I thought it was overdone. the The criteria I'm going for when considering best director is who had. Um, I'm not looking for most inventive or, mm. uh, expressive, I'm just looking for who had the master's hand, like who, right. um, exerted like complete control and mastery of like every element of, of the picture. Right. Right. And the main thing I'm looking there for is tone, like tone yeah. control for me is like the biggest thing in any movie Yeah. is like establishing and then maintaining that tone uninterrupted, unless it's deliberately and strategically and successfully done. Um,
1: which still exhibits a, which is part
0: which is part of the master's test. Right. Right. Uh, tone control and, and mastery of tone is like the number one thing. But then like, like, uh, like just being director of a movie, getting a movie made and like finished is such an exertion of effort and you have to account for so many variables. And so many things that are, that should be beyond your control.
2: Yeah.
0: That, you know, I always think and like. And it should be an art. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And like, in some, at some level, I think you have to be a megalomaniac to even believe you can do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and to have that thing in you that says, no, like it has to be the way I'm seeing it in my head. We have to make, we have to figure out how to make that happen. It is worth the tens of millions of dollars we are going to spend to make it done. Yeah. Right. Like, um, you have to have that. And, and, and then it's like, you have to have the powers to move heaven and earth to get the movie done the way you want it. Yeah. So I, that's like just that whole package of things is what I'm really looking at. And, uh, and for me, there was no movie, I think I saw this decade that didn't exert complete control over every element of everything I was seeing on the screen like Roma did. Mm. I thought uh, Alfaoza Quran apparently has the power to command dogs to herd <laughs> sheep in exactly the, the spot at exactly the moment he points them to. <laughs> You know. Yeah. The only thing he couldn't apparently do is like make an airliner fly over when he needed it to because that looked mm. CGI to me. But other other than that,
1: no, I well, I don't know. Uh, I wonder because they they say that because I was trying to figure out how how that incorporated into the theme because it begins with it, it ends with it. It's I will, uh, yeah, or, I talk about that. But they say that they incorporated because that the city they're shooting in. The flights are overhead constantly. Like, those. Oh, yeah. like they're just, they're just going all the time. And so it was incorporated. They said it that was just... incorporated into the thing. But I'm like, but how could it not have been? Um, he opens the movie and closes the movie with it. So, like. And um, then it appears at one other moment in the, in the
0: film. Right. What moment when was that? The, I forget. When the professor is demonstrating his balancing ability. Oh, right his blindfolded balancing trick. Yeah. And then that's when the airliner goes overhead and then there's a cut. And then it's like the way it's smashed in the sky made me think, uh, I think that was
1: CGI. Anyway, maybe I, I don't know. Then,
0: and then Cleo is able to, to perform the trick.
1: Um, yeah, I love that. She just, she just does it effortlessly.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does, okay, we'll, we'll get back to this, the jetliner and what it means. Um, but yeah, for me it was Alfonso all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, that's all I can say. Just like the every every camera move, every time the camera didn't move, everything everything was just felt placed perfectly mm-hmm. and exactly how he intended.
1: Sorry, I'm going to. thought a I fast. thought Yorgos
0: and Spike did uh, amazing work.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's well, he didn't get. It. I was going to say it's nice to see Spike win, but he got it for writing. Um yeah, no I I agree. It, weirdly this was as someone who who worship who really really um uh fawns over directors and like really is as someone who like really follows directors I this was a year this was a category I didn't really have that strong a feeling about one uh because um most of the ones that I was most impressed by they weren't nominated. Um, uh, Roma, I don't think got a complete fair shake out of me because I saw it over like five sittings because I kept trying. Oh, to,
0: not the way to see it. I
1: kept watching it at like twelve thirty at night because I was like, I, I gotta see, I want to see this movie, and I have no time, and so I kept drifting off, and so yeah, it didn't get a fair shake out of me. Um, but what I did see of it, I was quite m- impressed. But I was so tired during it. Um, so I'm completely, I, I was pretty much going for Roma too, but my, the favorite was, was something that I was, um, kind of more leaning towards just because of how much I really loved it. But, um, I didn't really have a strong feeling one way or the other. Uh, maybe that was one reason why I was really disappointed. I didn't get to see Cold War because I thought something is going to make me, knock me over. Um, but yeah, so Alfonso Cuarón would be the, the winner, in my opinion, here, too. Um, and, and probably I'd, I'd feel even much more stronger about it if I had seen Roma all in one sitting. <laughs> it's a movie you have to
0: give yourself over to.
1: I should have gone and seen so, it when they were presenting it in 70 mil here in Los Angeles. That would have been something. Oh, and another another thing about Roma, actually... And, and this is something that I, I'm embarrassed about that I've let it overtake my mind. I was kind of got a little backlash in my mind against Roma, not because it's of anything the film did, but at the way everyone was gushing over Roma. Cause oh, every- I thought you were going <laughs> to complain about Netflix. N- no, they were just gushing okay. over it so much. And then when I turned it on and watched it, the first you know 30 minutes of it, I was watching it going, we were, we're literally just seeing her do housework for that. And well, not just, but I mean, she, we go through her, all of her tasks, we watch all the things she's responsible for, all the stuff, and, and part of me starts to think, is this a movie about how the, when someone else does all your, your daily work for you, then you as a, a husband and wife now have the luxury to just drink and and make problems for yourselves. (laughs) You know how like, like, you know, that's there. That's there. It's not what the movie's about, but that was there. And, 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 and so I started to kind of have this thought that I think honest trailers um, summed up this in in the exact same way I did, which was, wow, Academy voters are really going gaga at the thought of their housekeepers actually having a, uh, being a real person. And so I had a, a bias against that um, because in a way, just because I was like, everyone's going nuts because they're, they never once thought about this possibility before, <laughs> but Well, then, I've never
0: had a housekeeper. Yeah, I know. So that wasn't uh, why I'm gushing over it. Right, exactly. You know. So you're saying uh, the Roma was, to you, was like the secret life of pets or something? <laughs>
1: <laughs> God, not not to me, but I had I I my bias against uh, 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 the wealthy made me think that's how they were seeing it. But you know, that was just my own prejudice towards the wealthy. <laughs> okay. okay, should we get to the big uh, Let's category? Get to the big one. Oh, Why we're and, all and here, then,
0: and then Why we've all listened for four hours.
1: And then, uh, I also liked how, uh, uh, cor- uh no, wait, uh, what did, what did, what did Curran say, Alfonso Coran say to, to look the job of the director, of the movies is to look, uh, where people don't often look, especially when we are encouraged to look away. Again, he comes, he comes up and gives three different speeches and gives three different lovely words of wisdom. Um, so yeah. And then when they go to commercial, I notice there's a lot of the same commercials playing this year. It's obvious that the Oscars are, don't have that many, uh, advertisers these days, or have just got a lot of money from three big ones. You know. All right. Now we can get to the thing we've all waited for. I'm trying to build tension here. You got to work with me. I feel tense. <laughs> well, I, we, we, well, maybe you could just, Shoot, I can't even come up with a callback. I was going to say something about their Dracula just
0: I was going to say I feel like a packet of horsey sauce who doesn't know where he
1: came from. <laughs> That's going to be on my business cards. Okay, so the big now the big moment.
0: <laughs> Julia Roberts, once again. Wearing pink, but not her signature outfit from Pretty Woman. That would have been –
1: I think she made the right choice. Yeah. It was a great dress. It looked really nice. But we both noticed those crazy fish skeletons skeletons hanging from her ears. Yeah. Um, What was the weird cartoon alley cat dinner that she had just kind of – Well, maybe – I was wondering, was she wearing fish earrings, but then
0: like top cat? (laughs) Yeah. backstage. (laughs) You know,
1: yeah, because Top
0: Cat, one of the few cats who is dressed for the Oscars.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe before she walked out, she had like those Jesus fish earrings. And then by the time Top Cat got done snogging her, she's got the skeleton earrings.
0: Wait, do Jesus fish earrings have skin?
1: Aren't they just the outline? Well, you can't just. Well, okay, maybe. The, the I'm trying to think line. of a reason. I am trying to think of a notable fish that you would have hanging from your ears. But you're right. Hey, they got
0: skeletons too, right? I was thinking of, you know, the kind of fish earrings that are actual fish.
1: fish. Oh.
0: Flesh and
1: bone. <laughs> that have a limited shelf life. You know,
0: like Top Cat can't eat. <laughs> I wish that's not real.
1: I guess I don't understand how jokes work. (laughs) We'll have to have a podcast on you teaching me this humor I've heard so much about.
0: (laughs) Um, All right. Best picture. Best picture. The best one. The best one.
1: Now we all know what the best one was. Right, so why did you listen to all this, <laughs> listener? You already knew what it was, and you probably already had an opinion. Well, I will say, okay, before they announced it, if you had told me, oh, by the way, you know, the, the Green Book's going to win, or if I had just kind of know, I, I, I wouldn't have had the reaction I had. Really, well, that was dumb because I would have had it when you told me. But before that, <laughs> I. Somebody Bef- told you. It somebody told you. Doesn't matter when. Right? But before that, I would have thought, you know, you, you know, Green Book's okay. It's whatever. It's it's. Uh, but it's the most. Con- it felt to me like the most middle of the road choice, the most conventional choice, the most conventional movie of them all. Yes. And yes. so I didn't think it was anything really. Like. Like this was just like this was the feel good movie for everyone to like, you know. These are the movies that Hollywood's. Feels like it's supposed to make and you know the you know it, it's it's all fine and all but you know it's not really the most innovative or exciting thing out there. Good but not great. And then when it won, I literally was surprised myself with a what? <laughs> like I had a huge like, oh my, what? Wh- wh- what do you mean Green Book won? <laughs> And then I was Academy, just, what have you done? I was gobsmacked. I mean, it was—it wasn't really anger. I wasn't angry at it. I was just—I was just gobsmacked. Uh, it was the last one I thought would win, and um, it didn't even think it was that big of a hit. Although looking at it now, it's—it's—it's—it made domestically. It made sixty-nine million uh, so far at a twenty-three million-dollar budget, and it's made one hundred forty-four worldwide. So technically, it's doing very well. Um. So I'm like, okay, all right. This is this is surprising. Big surprise. I was
0: more expecting to be angry that Bohemian Rhapsody won. Yes,
1: I was real. That's that's what I was expecting. I was expecting to be like, come on, and but not Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't expect to for Green Book to sweep in. And then what happens? That that does make me angry. Uh, Peter Farley or fairly Peter fairly gets up and he blows any goodwill. He might've had left out of the water
3: <laughs>
1: by getting up there and saying this whole thing works because of Vigo. Yeah. The others Mahershala and, and, and Linda. Yeah, absolutely. But it's Vigo man. Vigo's the reason this whole movie is. And, and, did you see Mahershala standing there, like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> holding the hand of one of the uh, someone next to him, he's like, hmm. yeah? Now I think I think the most charitable way to
0: receive that remark is that Vigo is. If they hadn't landed Vigo, they wouldn't have got it financed.
1: Right, that could have been what he meant. I, I'll give him that. That's, and I and I also think maybe I, it's because Mar- that's what I want to believe he meant because every other
0: explanation is an
1: assholeish thing yes, to say. Yes, exactly. It's a very assholeish thing to say. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe he was trying to spread some love uh, because Vigo didn't win and Mahershala won and they won twice. You know, for screenplay and and picture. So it's like. Maybe he was trying to spread that love around to the bigger players, but trying to recognize the unrecognized. Recognized, right, he's not, uh, he's not unrecognized.
0: But yes. to, maybe to, he felt maybe he felt bad for him in that moment. Maybe you're right. That's
1: another yeah, way to look at it. But to not be cognizant of, um, I, I you know to I, I don't know when you when you look, uh, our we have a mutual friend uh, who who was in our our college dorm. Who sent? Who tweeted out some emails that he had been forwarded from someone who was writing an article about Green Book and how the producers had written back to them these horrible, horrible bullying, just which is not uncommon, I know, but it shouldn't be. It should be uncommon. Um, uh, if, if bullying her and uh, it's 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 terrible. Um, and then what were they uh, saying? I can't remember at this moment, and I'm too tired to pull up another web page. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I'm I'm terrible at backing up my claims. But with all, let's just put it this way: with all the controversy surrounding that, they have to be aware of to stop everything and then say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the the. This is a movie about love of love of accepting people in your heart. And let's disregard everybody but the white guy. And I'm yeah. like, um,
2: this movie uh... works because it's about the white guy.
1: But and and, and I think that's the yeah. that this is obviously the biggest thing about the movie in terms of, if without looking into the history of how it's made, the biggest thing that people are upset about is that well here we have another movie about the black experience seen through the white guy and how great the white guy is to change. Now, let me, there are some inherent things. I'm, I'm not really defending it, but I will say that, you know, one in a story about racism, technically it is the white person that has to change. <laughs> right. It's, it's their views. I mean, not and their, completely, not, not completely, I mean, makes, you know, but it is it is a valid um, thing to tell a story about. Black characters are allowed to have character arcs too. Which Dr. Shirley even certainly in stories has. about racism. Right, and which Dr. Shirley certainly has. He has many problems that he's uh and and flaws and biases and things like that that he's working through and does work through. Now, but um uh, and that might be part of the thing of Green... The problem with Green Book is that, like you said brilliantly before, uh, we don't see Tony transform. We see him forget he's racist.
2: <laughs> you
1: said that perfectly. That is the problem with the movie. And... Um, but I, I will say there there was a part... The, the, near the climax of the movie. There was... Not the horsey sauce moment, but the climax of the movie is um, the... The moment where they go to play their last concert, and um, uh, the uh, Doctor Shirley is res, is restricted from dining in the main hall, and is said we could send something to your closet, like he's in that little broom yeah. closet for his dressing room, um, with
0: um, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara and
3: <laughs>
0: Best of Show,
1: right? And so he's in there, and 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 the conflict comes up where. Where he says, he, he says, I am not going to, I want to eat here. And then Tony tries to talk to the, um, and the whole movie, it's, I mean, the whole movie Tony keeps saying, why, how does he put up with that? Why does he put up with that? He shouldn't put up with that, but I don't think Tony ever really sees or the movie doesn't seem to really get through to him that, um, the idea that, that. If he stands up for himself, if he doesn't put up with that, he's arrested or beaten or he well, loses. He does
0: like, see that.
1: He, he does he, see that. He goes
0: to a bar that, right? you know, he doesn't put up with the bar that doesn't allow black patrons or you know, isn't friendly to black patrons. He doesn't put up with that. Right. And what happens to him? Right. Or, you know, Exactly. And then uh, Tony yells at him for doing it. For doing it. Right. So, yeah. And right. so, and, but the and, film doesn't have the film isn't conscious of that
1: contradiction so, so so, you wonder if the film is presenting that for you to see or if it doesn't even realize what it's presenting right I don't I don't really know especially given the light of all this stuff um, and, and and I actually thought that the end climax were where Dr. Sh- where, where Tony's trying to work it out where the conflict is if If Tony doesn't get Dr. Shirley to all his shows, he doesn't get paid, right? Dr. Shirley, Tony wants Dr. Shirley to quote unquote, stand up for himself and is happy he's doing so. And is trying to advocate for the guy. He's not advocating for the guy not to be racist. He's advocating him to make an exception because it's going to be best for everybody. Make an exception for Dr. Shirley and let him sit in here, right? So he's doing this thing. And then what could have been a, what probably might be, I haven't read anything. What might be a controversial moment. I actually thought was a pretty savvy moment where Dr. Shirley says, Tony, I'll leave it up to you. If you want me to play, I'll play. And he, it. yeah, he, he, he does. He says, doesn't he say he goes, Tony, it, it's your decision. If you want, if if you want, if you want to play me to play, I'll play. If you want to leave, I'll leave. Basically, he's saying, or and and he puts it on Tony to say, "I'll do whatever you." He says, "I'll do whatever you want me to do. Your choice." And Tony looks at the, the manager, looks back and forth, and he takes a moment, and he goes, "Let's get the fuck out of here." And the the thing I, so is, I, is, is, is that a challenge? That's that's is that. That's right. He's not deferring to Tony. He's challenging Tony. He's challenging Tony.: right? Yeah, but see, yeah. that to me, I was afraid that everyone was going to be really mad at that scene because he'd be like, "Oh, he's letting the white guy be the savior," or he's, he's deferring to him. But he's not. He's saying, "Look, what's going to be more important to you, Tony? What's yeah. right, or you doing getting paid?": Yeah. He's, at, he's, he's right. challenging Tony to sacrifice. Yeah. for what's right that's how I saw that
0: that's how and, I saw that and
1: so that I thought was really was really great I thought that was a really great moment and I, I maybe maybe no one else had this maybe my fear about how it's perceived otherwise doesn't didn't maybe is, is erroneous and that it all landed perfectly but I, again the way the movie had presented itself everywhere else wasn't really quite sure it knew what it was what it was doing you know
0: yeah right it does so the bar was set really low when I saw it yeah. I expected to see some really ham fisted um, preachy magical negro type story and so um, so I was surprised seeing it and I'd i heard the white savior thing too so I I, I didn't think uh I, was, I can't remember the doc
1: Dr. Donald Shirley.
0: Shirley. Shirley I could remember that by now.
1: I um, think you can, and stop calling me Shirley. Worst movie I, should, I ever saw. I'm not seeing in anyone ever again.
0: So I'm watching the movie and I'm like, oh Doc Shirley's not a magical Nego character. Like he no, has his not own at all. You know. He's he has he has his own agency through the whole thing. In fact he's the one calling the shots and telling Tony what to do at the right. beginning, but not exactly. to make Tony better. You know, um, he's he's not he's not bringing Tony along on this ride to educate Tony,
1: right? Right. Um, no, he is going on the tour to kind of introduce the South to a different view of you know African Americans. You know, he's, the he's, Southerners, the yeah. Southerners. Right. He's yeah. trying to give the Southerners kind of you know kind of like look, without look at us differently. Without,
0: the, without the faintest hope that he's actually going to right do anything it's just that he feels an obligation to exactly present himself as a as a black man with dignity who um you know i i can get access to places other black people can't i should use that yeah. somehow right i should
1: use that access um, too to all of our benefit, right.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and so and so, uh, so that really tinted my view of the movie. It was like, oh, he's not. Oh, it's a relief. Oh, he's not a magical Negro character. Okay, good, in all these ways, right? right. Um, but there's the white, the white savior thing is still there. The fact that this is, why are we seeing this from Tony's point of view and not Doc Shirley's point of view, right? right. And... And I have a, a, I'm of, I'm of, I'm of three minds, I think, on this question. One is, maybe four. One is a lot of minds. um, It's it's written and produced by, by Tony's son. Right. And these are this is the the he heard it from Tony's point of view. Now he claims that he talked to Doc Shirley too. And maybe that's a lie, and maybe that's just cover. But, um, but if he wanted to tell his dad's story, his dad had this experience Yeah, that's valid. and he wanted to, and he wanted to tell that story, I don't see why he doesn't have the right to tell that story.
1: Exactly. Right? No, I completely, t- I mean, I mean, uh, Roy, Bl- uh, not Roy, Roy Wood Jr. made a, a joke on the daily or on one of the daily show videos where he says, he says, why do I, Dr. Shirley was an amazing, accomplished musician. I was why do we, we want to hear about his driver? Like it's like having, telling a story about Nelson Mandela, uh, but it's actually a story about his accountant. Why do we why do we why do we want to hear that story? But but part of me goes, well, his accountant's life is still a valid story to tell. Yeah,
0: you there's right. so, Roma.
1: <laughs> we, could have a yeah, Roma about we could have a Roma about his accountant. Right, exactly. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think this story doesn't have a right to exist. I think a story about Tony Valaloga is completely a valid thing to tell about. Um, I think a story and, about Doctor Shirley is probably a more interesting one, but it's yeah. a completely valid thing to talk about.
0: Right. Some somebody should make the Dr. Shirley movie, and they and kind of have been, you know, know, and make it a better movie, please. Right. Um, <laughs> that'd be great.
1: But I have more to say um, on that in a minute. So,
0: okay. And then, uh, and this was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's point mm-hmm. um, was if 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 the mission of this movie, if we take it on face value that the mission of this movie is to help white people be less racist. Yeah. Right. Right. And let's say that that was like the genuine motivation and not just my dad was great and everybody should know my dad's story. Um, (laughs) But you know, it has this, let's say it has this earnest mission and I, and I think it, it does. Kareem's point was that white audiences need this, story two and you know it's based on a premise that it's based on the premise that by watching a movie someone with uh racist inclinations could become less racist right and i think there are people i think a lot of the backlash against green book is based on an assumption that that just can't be true but here's the thing that i think really works in green book is Tony doesn't become less racist because because his eyes are open to something he didn't know right he becomes less racist because he decides to work at it right right
1: the, the, That's, yeah.
0: he's still the same guy who threw the glasses away mm-hmm. because black men drank out of them but I think when he's challenged, well, he needs the money, but he's also challenged to take the job. Like he's, he's dared by his friend, you know, you won't have the patience not to slap this mook out.
1: Is that, is that the line? I think so. Something like that.
0: Right. So like a a racist epithet. (laughs) Sorry, I quoted it. Um, uh, but he's like, you know, you're not, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to take orders from a black guy. And he's like, you know, you know, and Tony like decides, you know what? If it was my job, I would. Yeah. And so, because he has a, he has a work ethic, right? Right. And so the reason he doesn't lose patience when he's being told what to do in the car and where you would expect him to lose patience is because he's decided this is his job and he's going to, sh- he's going to prove he can do the job just the way he can prove he can eat 26 hot dogs in an hour. Yeah
1: right yeah it's a challenge it was someone threw it down i didn't even think about that you're right yeah but and 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 now here's where i think vigo didn't
0: deliver is like inside this is the way i was still watching it is like inside he's still prickling every time a black man tells him turn off the radio don't smoke right you know um but he's like but it's my job i'm going to fucking do my job right right I'm not going to let this guy get to me, and I have to get him to his gig, or I don't get paid. I'm going to get him to his gig. I got to get him out of these racist spots. I got to keep him out of trouble,
1: right? Right. And the Jade and Rock what being I, the only part really where really he does really wrestle.
0: And and here's what I here's what I believe. Here's where my my take on Green Book is premised on a certain view of human nature, which is. All of us have biases. I've got them. You've got them. Mm-hmm. I wish I didn't have them, but I do. And the only way to get better is to decide you're going to work at it. Yeah. And you're never going to stop working at it.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's
0: work. It's like it's a, it's about um it's about attention and thinking about how your actions are affecting other people. Exactly. Right? And it doesn't. It doesn't mean you can like quiet every voice in your head necessarily, but it means I can't act on that impulse just the way I can't cheat on my
1: wife. Right. Right. I can't just punch somebody in the street because I feel like it.
2: Yeah. Can't
0: do those things. Right. Like I have to think about the consequences of my actions, especially for those people who are less um, empowered than I am and less right. privileged than I am,
1: right? And the work comes from and recognizing so, that they are less privileged and less powerful and less historically marginalized, you know? Yeah. And so the big cheesy
0: ending where Mahershala comes to his Christmas dinner and he's welcomed by all these people who we know are racist, but they're like, pull up a chair, you know? Yeah. The reason that scene worked for me is because before, before Doc Shirley shows up, Somebody makes a joke about him, and all Tony says is, "Don't say that about him."
1: Yeah, and <laughs> it right. was okay.
0: I won't. It doesn't mean he's not going to think it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but but saying when someone says that, saying "Don't say that about him,"
1: yeah. it makes a difference. It really. You oh, know? you're making me cry. It really does. It really it's does.
0: It's not fixing. It's not it's fixing. It's Structural racism, it's not fixing the institutional problems, it's not, you know, it's not fixing the power dynamic. But I mean what what we're seeing now in this country, what MAGA represents is a spilling out of uh of all of these racist, xenophobic feelings. We've already had the uh the Islamophobic version of this, mm-hmm. thanks in part to Cheney. Um right. But like spilling out these things, which had been considered, like since the late '60s, yeah. like socially unacceptable, and and the and the politically correct movement, in a lot of that is about been trying to make it more socially unacceptable, right? But yeah. it's, it's been by degrees, right? But these people never stopped saying it in their backyard if they knew who was at the barbecue,
3: right? Right. right. Oh,
0: completely. Like, these people, ne- these attitudes never went away. It's just that they weren't acceptable in the public square.
1: Right. And, and and the feeling was was that that they knew that if they said things like that, they would be either labeled as bad or they would be scorned, and they wanted to avoid that. So they felt like they were being forced to hide these feelings and these thoughts, like it was just... And then when the president comes out, and as by nature saying, you're, you're we're gonna bring freedom of speech back, and now you can say yeah. whatever you want. They're like, finally, we can let our truth out. Finally, it's yeah. acceptable for us to say what's on our minds and say what we're thinking. And now we all know who you are, by the way. But the, <laughs> yeah. but like, but like they say, finally we can do that. And um, the um, and, and see, this is one thing that I really don't. Why I've never understood. Why I resent the. I guess I understand it, but I resent the uh, backlash against PC culture, like the PC police are going on and stuff like that. Is that to me being politi- uh, politically being politically correct simply means being accurate and kind.
3: Yeah, that's that's
1: right. that's all that means. That if somebody says, "Hey, that Mexican over there," and he goes. Oh, 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 I am not Mexican, I'm from Guatemala. You, get, you know, the backlash just people's like, "Ah, you're Mexican" cuz it's easier. You wrote a right. great joke in um a back to attackistan, the complacence uh thing, and I've never forgotten it. It's what, it was the idea that they consolidated all the middle middle east countries into um uh uh into attackistan. Into That's attackistan. And, yeah. and then Johnny Oh God! Well, don't let me forget me, Johnny Angelo. Johnny Angelo says, I'm "Sure it makes it easier for people like me to understand," because <laughs> it, it was just like it's it, it just like yeah, it's it's, and that's not really a like kind of as a bash, but I don't mean it to be a bash against a certain so people of a certain class level, but it's just like you got all these different countries that are so disparate in their. um their their histories and their and their 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 cultural uh, norms and all these others all these things and conflicts and the historical conflicts is all very overwhelming to try to parse out in your mind but they're all brown so if we just lump them into one it's so much easier to think about yeah terrorist A, land terrorist land right. right yeah when it's like no there's so it's just so much complexity going on in every little thing um and so um
0: uh, uh so the so complacence yeah. back into attackistan is still available
1: for download in the itunes music store and you should check it out the uh i play a bus driver the uh, <laughs> the um uh uh what was i gonna say uh oh so yeah the back to that the guy the the you know you're uh that mexican over there uh, i'm from guatemala uh, you, you, know, you know how you deal with that really, really uncomfortable, embarrassing situation? You go, oh, thanks. That's it. Done. Yeah. You're done. I've now been informed. You're Guatemalan. Done. Yeah. Why is that so you know, hard? I mean,
0: you could say you're sorry, but you don't. I mean, just you, like, it's oh, okay. I'll you, make a note for next time. I didn't know.
1: I mean, you, I could mean, say, you could
0: say I didn't know. I
1: didn't know. That's fine. That's an acceptable yeah. answer. So the right. fact that all these people have all this hate build up, that they've been forced to keep all these um, um, deep-seated, learned, passed on from their parents, whatever, because uh, it's rarely from experience that these <laughs> these things that these racist tendencies come up
0: I, I, 'll give here's where I'll give some slack is I think some of it is just hardwire. I think evolution. Yeah. Has made us this way, yeah. right? I,
1: I think. I, I think. Yeah. I think. I think. I think. Evolution and, and 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 family lines. Really, but it is experience. I think it's experience too. I mean, if
0: you grew up around, if you grow up around a heterogeneous group of people, you're more likely, or you're less likely to see them as other than if you've never encountered one. Right. Right. I grew up in. Or a you've com- only seen them on TV or in movies. Right? I grew
1: up in a completely homogenous town. I grew up in a three thousand person town, all white. I, I'm, I hasten. I can't even think of any. Oh, actually, my first girlfriend was part Vietnamese, but that's it. There was no one else. Now you're bragging. I'm bragging. I was. I was enlightened. I
0: can't be racist. My first girlfriend <laughs> was half Vietnamese. <laughs>
1: Uh, truth be told, those. I, was I only don't tra-
0: have a racist bone in my body, which I was, is like that's the biggest tell.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. You
0: know, if you have to say that, <laughs> it guarantees you're a racist.
1: Yeah, exactly. Ex- <laughs> it's just about. There, there's a joke that I've been trying to work on. I was going to say something terrible. I was going to say, well, truth be told, I was only attracted to the German part of her.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and anybody who knows me knows I'm not racist. Anyone who knows yeah. me is- you don't show it to
1: people right. right like i i there's a joke i've been trying to workshop uh for so where that i i i like the germ of it which basically is uh if someone ever says to you um oh you'll like this guy he tells it like it is buckle up because you're in for some <laughs> hardcore racism <laughs> <laughs>
2: So I'm glad you
0: brought up the PC movement because I, I, and I think this is where Green Book gets judged too harshly, too. Is trying to interact with other cultures, whatever that culture is, right? Mm-hmm. It could be along race, religion, sexuality, geography, whatever. When you're, if you try to bridge a gap, you're going to make mistakes, yeah, right? Oh absolutely. And so making making the effort, and this is you know, and this is what get out well, not really get before you find out what git is, you think this is what get out is is yeah. uh, satirizing so brilliantly. Um, uh, but you know you can you can you can say something clumsy and stupid and ignorant um without meaning to you know this yeah. this is microaggressions are all about this, right and um and just the the thing is you just on your side when you if you someone tells you how that has been received you should process that and then adjust accordingly yeah, right exactly. and that's what the pc movement um in part is asking of you right, right. is um uh some black people prefer to be called African Americans. They definitely don't like to be called these other things,
3: right. right? Yeah.
0: Don't even joke about those other things. Just speak respectfully, please. Yeah. Um but know. I think
1: the the ba- the backlash toward the PC movement is the thought that they are out to vilify people, that they are out to get and, you And some people are. And let's be honest. And some people are. Yeah, okay. Right? I, I'll I'll grant like,
0: that. And I think Um, Some of the outrage towards Green Book, for example, Mm -hmm. is meant to be punitive rather than educational, rather than informative.
1: um, True, um, depending on where they're coming from. And also, I think a lot of people are also seeing the backlash as the PC movement eating itself. It's like, here's a movie that's supposedly supposed to be something about being, you know, along the lines of what the PC culture is is advocating. They're trying to be, an you're trying to be an ally and it, then it, it, it's turning on itself. But I think it gets more complicated than that. Now, if you're looking at it just on terms of the movie and I won't get there go, if you're, if, if, but we're discussing this just in terms of what we're seeing on screen. Okay. That's what we're all we're talking about right now. Um, so let's continue with that. And then I'll digress into something else in a minute. Okay. But the, um, and I, I, but I completely agree. Uh, shoot, I had two or three threads, and I've lost them.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. You had said this so beautifully before in another episode, I think in our Get Out um, mini-sode that was three hours long, uh, the, <laughs> was when you said you, you completely support the idea of, of, of when, you're ni- when you're a kid, uh, of, you're, you're, I think you need to be supported to make mistakes and fail and then learn but that's the whole thing it's the learning part i think this is um um this is the part that grown adults don't um if 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 you are being confronted in the correct way about your behavior or about something you just did or be exhibited or said and if you are being told look this is kind of the way it is and you shouldn't and please adjust accordingly the idea is that now you are, um, you are now labeled something bad, whatever the word is, racist, homophobic, misogynist, whatever it is, it means bad um, to them. They, they, uh, and so they don't want to be bad. They're not going to stop feeling the way they feel, but they don't want to be seen as bad. So they get angry uh, when all they have to do is make that adjustment. That's it. That's all you got to do now. Now earlier we said something along the lines of uh, some people the the backlash against the PC police is that some people uh, they think that they're trying to vilify make 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 villains and punish them. They need to want to vilify them, and you said, and some of them actually are. And like that's true.
2: Oh yeah, that's I w- definitely I w- there.
1: I would also argue that some people do need to be vilified. <laughs> some, not all. But, but like, but take- what if
0: someone? But but sometimes you're just making a mistake. And sometimes
1: you're just making a mistake. But if you are willfully, like, say, Trump, for example, if you are willfully well, sure. manipulating, even, even yes. if, yeah, I mean. Take, if you're take, trying to be, har-
0: if you're seeking to do harm, then I think the intent of the actor has to be taken into account. Actor exactly. Meaning to whoever's doing the thing that. Taking the action. Offended, caused offense. Right.
1: right? But if someone's just saying, if someone's telling a story and you're like, what, what, what did I say? Well, that's, you know, this, that, that, that you have to, you have to be allowed to fail because we've all say mistakes are the best way to, well, I guess you're talking, is it a mistake or is it an intent to harm? That's the issue. And I think a lot of people get really upset when you're saying, look, I know I've lost a few friends or, or maybe even turned my back on a friend or two because I was trying to say, look, the fact that you're pushing this idea that there is no gender wage gap and you're doing it through humor to kind of say, oh, hey, you're not, um, uh, that there's no possible way there could be a gender wage gap because of these these logic, uh, this, this applied logic, then what you're doing essentially is when the women around you that are reading this, when they come into contact, when they are faced with it, they will either convince themselves it does not exist either because of this predisposition that we've all shared in agreement that it doesn't exist or you're just going to make them too scared to voice themselves uh, and so I go, I go, uh, you gonna, that will, be, that will be, feel like a bigger obstacle than it should be and so that is damaging and so we had a big argument about that and finally I just tuned off because I'm like I can't take it anymore it was ruining my days, ruining my weeks um yeah. and and um uh and so so yeah so in a way I was being the PC police there because I saw I, I felt strongly that there was a, a a larger like he didn't want to hurt anybody he didn't want to do anything but he fully believed that this was the um the oversensitivity of people who thought they were owed something when they were getting the same as everyone else but I'm sorry, we've seen it firsthand. You know, I, I'm sensitive to that, th- these these reverberations, because I know I'm susceptible to them. I'm susceptible to yeah. these um, uh, 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 shared beliefs that things are okay because it's easier to believe that. You know, it's yeah. it, it doesn't demand anything of me. And so when you come to me and you say... You shouldn't use the word like, can you see my point? Or can you, uh, 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 let's see if you can walk the walk. Because those things, those terms are ableist. It's, 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 uh, it's offensive to the blind and people who are in wheelchairs because they can't walk. And I'm like, well, that cuts out all my language. And I get defensive. Because <laughs> it's like now all my languages. So we have no words that don't do that. You know. Well, here,
0: here's where I, my reflex on that is always, are, are are blind people actually offended by that, or are you trying like, to be offended on their behalf? I, I,
1: I've I've, because, heard, you know, I've heard blind people say, "Oh, I see that. I get that."
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's just common parlance. That's the, that's the savior. You know, that's that's the, that's another savior complex, right? Like that's – Yes, yeah. and. And so that's a problem, too, as that think, is a problem people too. trying to tell you what other people find offensive. Like, ah, I think that community should speak for themselves. on Yeah, it, exactly. You know? and, and maybe it... and maybe they're not empowered to for all sorts of reasons. And so there's complications there. But I'm always I'm always skeptical. Are you do you actually yeah. know that 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 community is being offended or do you imagine that they must be? Because there's now, a difference.
1: Yeah, you, it's good to be proactively sympathetic, but um, there's a lot of people out there who do need <laughs> that. There are actually other bigger things out there that do actually need your attention and your passion to, to help people understand rather than, than this one. Because no one's asked you to. <laughs> <laughs> that demand has not been placed on you. I get, yeah, absolutely. Like Indian instead of
0: American, Native American. Like there are. Yeah. People in communities who do use the word Indian and say, well, that's what I grew up with. And so, I mean, so I have read, right? Right. Like the, um, the, the maker of smoke signals. This is where I came across Mm -hmm. this point of view. Um, is that he's like, I'm in this movie, I'm using the word Indian because that's the word I grew up with. And in my community, we use that
1: word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and, like everyone, I, I remember uh, David Allen Greer, aforementioned genius powerhouse. David Allen Greer would talk a lot about how he he's said, joined
0: the echelon,
1: yeah. He's joined the. I remember he would talk about a lot about how, um, it, when people were talking about the black experience in America, and he was like, you know, I'm really moved by things like you know, boys to men, boys to men, boys in the hood, and um. <laughs> Vastly different And New Jack City But he goes But that's not my experience I'm black And that was not my experience yeah. You know Because I'm not I'm not invalidating that Because that was their experience And so um, You know let, Let's um, Well maybe this is too big Of a topic to get onto Maybe I shouldn't get on that But I was musing the other day About uh, Why You can have Black History Month And why you really can't Have White History Month because the other months are right, right. month. Well yeah. mainly it's like people say, well, why can't we why can't we uh 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 why can't we um uh, celebrate our white culture and heritage? There is no white culture and heritage. There is Irish culture and heritage, there is Swedish culture and heritage, there's British, there's English, there's Scottish and Wales and, 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 and there's no Caucasian thing. And they're like, Well, if that's true. Why is there no? Why is it? No, why isn't there? You, they're Ugandan and Nigerian and all that stuff. It's like, well, there are, but the Black American experience is there because we took them, yeah, from their cultures. We, we denied them and a experience. whole. We denied them the experience of a cultural lineage, and they grew up, the, their grew up in, and their children grew up and and their children grew up an experience where they did not have one. I get this. Okay, I was temping at a hospital in, in Evanston. And um, I, I was temping there during September 11th, as a matter of fact. I remember that I was in uh, nuclear medicine. Nuclear medicine. And um, uh, my job was to basically sit there, and when people came in for the radiology, uh, for their radi- uh, radioactive uh, isotope injections, I just let radiology know. That's basically my job. And um, everyone there was very close. One guy, brief aside, one guy came in. Typically what happened is someone would come in and say, I'm here for my appointment. I would call radiology and say they're here, and then I would never see them again. One guy came back. He was an older man. One guy came back in after he had his injection, and he came back and stuck his head in our office and said, I just want everybody here to know that I've just been injected with radioactive material. (laughs) See you later. <laughs> and I went, I hope I'm that guy when I grow up, when I, his age. I hope I'm that guy. Just wanted to point out a factual absurdity and then leave. <laughs> Um, anywho, uh there was a woman there named why is she I probably shouldn't even say her first, name, I don't know. Anyway, I loved all the women working there. They were uh, I loved all the people working there, they were great. One of them was a um older African American lady whose uh, last name was Carter. And we all started talking about where what our what was our um Oh, my last name's Irish. But I have this kind of heritage. Oh, my last name's from this and that, that. And I turned to her and I said, "What's the what? What's the origin of your names, last names? What's the background of your last name?" And she goes, "Oh, you know, I don't even know. I never thought about it." And I went, "How could you not know?" Uh Oh. (laughs) And I realized you were with me. What's that? I think we were in
0: L.A. and we saw um, the stand-up set. There's this black woman talking about taking a tour of a plantation down south. And at the gift shop, she got um, – I toured the plantation and all I got was a stupid last name.
1: Something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Oh, I don't remember that, but that's a great joke. Yeah, it was a great (laughs) joke. Oh, my God. It's it's sad too. But, yeah, yeah, that that occurred to me. I went, oh, why – how did I not avoid that landmine? It's like, oh, because I wasn't thinking, I don't I I didn't don't have to think about that kind of thing. And I think that's why we can celebrate because Black History Month is really black American culture and 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 oh well, I mean it's 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 because they were you said I'm sorry, you already said it best. They they were denied a culture. And this is now their culture. And so we can celebrate that and it's the same as us celebrating Irish or Italian or Greek it's it's on par with that and there is no white celebration and that's fine (laughs) because just saying that creeps me out
0: (laughs) let's all yeah it's not like they're getting together and celebrating like European history
1: right yeah exactly Oh, you, you, let's discuss Western philosophy. Let's. Hey, uh No, I, I said earlier that I can't. Let's have white food. <laughs> white food, horsey sauce. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, and I mean actual horsey sauce, just to be clear.
3: Yeah. No. But yeah.
0: Celebrating white culture. I mean, like, it implicitly is a celebrating power. I mean, that's yeah. What,
1: no, exactly
0: right. Right. Like every other aspect of your – it reminds me of the uh, great joke from uh, John Hodgman's um, The Areas of My Expertise.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Or it's in the introduction uh, and talking about how he's going to cover all of world knowledge.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, but he says, if you would like any information on sports, may I refer you to every other aspect of our culture? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. That's great. That's a great line.
0: And so if you want to celebrate white white history, white culture, you just just um watch the Oscars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cuz it was so white there for a while. Um did you remember uh did you ever hear Aziz Ansari's joke about um how people would come up to him and say, "Boy, you must have really been excited for Slumdog dog millionaire." You must have really and he's like, "Well, that's I I, I'm actually not that, I'm from a different place. <laughs> but then he goes, but that's when I realized white people must be excited all the time. <laughs> they go to see Dyer, like, hey, that's me. They go to see Steel Magnolias, hey, that's me. They go to see Last Action Hero, hey, that's me. <laughs> they must be really exciting to be white. <laughs>
0: I joked the day after, actually it wasn't a joke, it's just sincere, but the day after Obama got elected the first time, I was like, finally, a president who looks like me. <laughs> Tall and skinny and has big ears.
1: Because you know what? He does look like you.
0: That's pretty great. i would never had a skinny president in my
1: lifetime. I was very excited. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, okay, I know it's getting really late there, but I do want to touch. It is. I do. Uh, I'm really enjoying. I'm uh, I know. energized. This, this I know. stimulating discussion. You you look very energized for someone who's approaching three a.m. So, I took a
0: ninety minute nap.
1: Oh, that's maybe. good. A disco nap, you said. That's um, nice. I there was like three or four threads there. I wanted. I'm going to kick myself for not rem- remembering at this point. But I guess we should. We should, for the interest of time, move on. Um. So as a movie in in and of itself, its shortcomings I don't think deserve rancor as much as maybe a desire to maybe do the next movie a bit differently. Um, Yeah.
0: Shake your head, say, ah, what could have been frustrating, but yeah, mm -hmm. uh, just just do better. Yeah, right. You know, it doesn't deserve even a... Best Picture
1: nomination, no, I think. No, um, Mahershala. Sure, okay.
0: Yeah, he was great. Um, uh, but you know, but I thought it, it was it was fine. It's fine. Uh,
1: you know? Jabbar's piece, I think, is st- stands on the, for that fact. I, I think that's that's like you said. It's the I think it's the best thing to take away from this whole thing. However, yeah.
0: that if you want, if you want. A white. if you want a movie to change white people's minds, it's going to work best from a white person's point of view. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, I, I mean, it is sad because... Okay, so that's the thing. That, I mean, put this question. Is the movie Green Book, <laughs> given its title, is it about the black experience? Or is it about the white experience being around a black experience? Oh, it's definitely the second. Right. It's
0: definitely right. It's definitely about a, the white experience of of taking this journey of going from someone who didn't want to give black people the time of day to if I work, I mean, this is how I saw it. Yeah. This is my charitable reading of it is if I work at it, I can, I can do better.
1: Right. Right. And
0: that's if I what I decide is. to put in the work. Then I can have better
1: uh, yeah. relationship with it, it's, people who are it, different than me. It is definitely, I think unequivocally about the white experience around the black yeah. experience. Now, if you take a macro view of what should be celebrated, you know, and what shouldn't be celebrated in a given moment, you could make some case that it's a little bit disheartening that uh, we are we've we've selected a movie for to be praised as the best movie of the year uh, that's about uh, it's purportedly about the black experience, but is clearly not. Um, yeah. Over. Um. Two at least two movies that is about the black experience made by black people. Yeah, right. Through the lens of their own experience. Yeah. And and that is um that is that is problematic. I mean that that is, that and I is think, troubling. Now, I now, think that's where a lot
0: of the rage comes from is the opportunity right. cost.
1: The opportunity cost
0: being right. The opportunity's been eaten up by this middling if good <laughs>
1: purely middle-of-the-road movie
0: you know the the white movie crowds out the the innovative black
3: movies yeah
1: and 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 let's let's be clear if 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 um i'm going to be totally honest about myself if um can you uh forgive can, can you ever forgive me or eighth grade uh had been nominated best picture uh i would have I think I would have advocated for either of those winning over black Klansmen. Now black Klansman is an incredibly important movie about an incredibly important thing going on in our time right now. But like you said, it's got high highs and very messy. A lot of other things just as a film, but but it's great, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, but it's great. There's no, it deserves to be where it's at, but if we're judging films as films, this Black Panther. Now I'm I'm a I'm a you know me. I don't have to go into talk about my love of Marvel movies, and I think I like Black Panther. I think I, no, I take that back. I think I praise Black Panther more than I think you have just as a film, especially when you. Remember you said I, the, the weakest part about Black Panther is Black Panther.
0: Black Panther. Yeah, I've uh, right. Well, it's a character flaw. I tend to focus more on the negative. Right, um, but. Because no, it, Black Panther was an exciting, important achievement, um, yeah. a lot of fun. It is a culture. And the worst parts of it were the superhero movie parts of it. it, it was, if it yeah. weren't a Marvel – if it weren't hamstrung by the Marvel formula because it, it doesn't do the Marvel formula very well, but it does everything else well, no, excellent. I, 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 would,
1: I would argue that actually. I, okay. I, would, I would say a, a, a lot of the – I was angry actually at a lot of the critics – who were trying to justify how much they liked a Marvel movie by saying that, oh, see, Ryan Coogler, he made this great movie by jettisoning the whole... He wasn't hamstrung by the oh, by the machine. God, I wish he had. Uh, <laughs> uh, and all that stuff. And, and, and so and so he could actually tell this much better movie because he's not following the machine. And to me, I was watching it going, no, I'm sorry, part of the brilliance of this movie, you're, you're underselling Coogler's achievement. He's made a very cohesive movie about a very important and personal personal thing and a macro global sociological issue. Um and it fits into the Marvel machine. How did he do that? Like it it it's it, it I thought it did support the franchise building. It did include the elements of the other thing of of, of um, it, it it certainly didn't detract, in my opinion. I mean, he he did both, and I, I thought he did a disservice to say that he avoided it. He he definitely just it no. just wasn't no, no, apparent. No. I don't think he
0: avoided it at all. I I I wish he had. I wish it. I wish you could cut <laughs> the formula parts out of it.
3: Um yeah.
0: And you know, and I shouldn't say it was a it did it was a bad the, those parts were were bad. They were just the weakest parts. Of they the were the weak. weaker parts. Of and. That. And, um, you know, that's just if when the final showdown between Black Panther and Killmonger is the worst part of the movie, the movie's got a problem. Yeah, that right? is true. Now, post,
1: you know? post-showdown post is great, but the actual yeah. b- battle is like, we're just waiting for this to get done so the movie can continue. <laughs> like,
0: right. just about every moment T'Challa isn't on screen is a great moment in that movie. And then... <laughs> And then many of those moments are good too. Yeah. But the the weakest parts are the one that are all about T'Challa's journey as a hero. Mm.
1: For me. You know? Yeah. They were the least interesting parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean I, I personally love the the conflict he had with being in of protection versus isolationism or protection through isolationism and their what they owe to the rest of the world, uh, uh, should they owe anything to the rest of the world uh, uh, in sharing the the knowledge and technology that they have. And when when everyone that is descendant of people like them are suffering throughout the world, and then Killmonger directly not only challenges that, uh, but also uh, ramps up his own doubt, you know? Yeah. And, 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 yep. and, and I thought that was a very, very important message and, and a very good use of hero villain dynamic. It was just sad that when they both dressed up as black cats and started fighting each other. Um, <laughs> um, but having said that, having said that, um, Black Panther was undeniably the biggest cultural moment of that year. I think. Possibly. Uh, in cinema. In cinema. I'm sorry. The biggest cultural moment of cinema. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No, I, now, yeah I, now, I I I will. Um. So so yeah. But at the same time, I'll get to that part in a minute. Uh. I I won't detract us right now. But the um. But having said that, um, I'm happy for its inclusion in the best picture. Um. But I don't think. I don't think it's um it's uh, clearly the winner. Put it that way. No, of best no. picture, um, um, but it is, I, it is a uh, remarkable achievement.
0: I, I, I will say two quick things about Black Panther, um, since we haven't covered them elsewhere. Is uh, I still don't understand why Killmonger betrays Claw when he does. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me like why he rescues claw and then later kills him like why well, i don't i, I well he needed, Maybe I just don't remember that part i don't remember why he even bothers to rescue claw
1: well either well, I, well other than
0: it's exciting
1: <laughs> it's 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 claw that gets him into wakanda remember because they they are out they uh, want claw they want okay. him captured I or don't. killed and then uh killmonger gets him out Kills him and then drags his body to the border. Says, shows his lip and goes, "I am one of you, and here's what my gift to you." And uh, like Daniel could he show his lip before. Uh, well, he didn't have an offering. He he uh, Daniel Kalua, remember wanted Claw dead, and was angry that T'Challa missed him and didn't get him. And then here comes this guy who is part of the the who is Wakandan, and then throwing this body down. And then he gets entry, you know. So like, Does he
0: need, but why is not Wakandan being Wakandan get him entry? I I don't know.
1: I I don't know. Is that
0: established? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he would have been distrusted
1: Well, he had already. He was already on their radar, right? I can't remember. Shoot, I can't remember. But but I do. Oh, I, I thought
0: that was a reveal that he's Wakandan
1: in that moment. Oh right 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 so the 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 thing is though is that i don't um necessarily know I, I i can't speak to whether or not that was killmonger's plan or if that or if claw was just getting too um too rambunctious to hold to to, to, to he was getting too rowdy and uh, too uncontrollable until so Killmonger decides to take him out, I can't remember. And,
0: but as I was, just, when I saw it the first time, I didn't buy that Killmonger needed Claw the way. He, other than it was just a twist, um, like at all? Yeah, like you know, if Killmonger's Killmonger, being that he's the person we see later, other than it, we need a reveal and a, a twist at that point in the in the plot, I didn't. I, I guess I just didn't buy that he actually needed Claw. Mm. or be needed to pretend to work for him okay that's one thing second i can't believe when we were going over best non-combat scenes i didn't include killmonger's flashback
1: yeah i think i did to didn't when he was I? A child which is did you either i had that in the runners up or, or whatever i don't remember but yeah that's that's pretty that's, killer
0: that's the best scene in 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 the film
1: They don't hit you over the head with the knowledge. They do the reveal. And they let you remember that the opening uh, uh, CGI trip, the the vibranium uh, drawn trip through the history of Wakanda. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: um, When you hear, Daddy, tell me the story again. And it's him telling you. That's not T'Challa and King T'Chaka. That's Killmonger and his dad.
2: It's yeah, a brilliant because
1: yeah. you're watching it. You're like, "Oh, that we we just assume that's Black Panther and T'Chaka. No, that's Killmonger."
0: Yeah, I should rewatch that movie.
1: Yeah, it's really great. And, Find out where I'm being unfair to it. <laughs> so, okay, so okay, we took a little Black Panther deter, di- diversion. Let's go back in a Green Book.
0: It's not a diversion. It's, oh, it's I guess nominated. nominated. It's in the it's category. Nominated.
1: But here, here's the thing. So we agreed that okay. um uh, Enough uh, about the black movies, let's talk about Green Book <laughs> We agreed that as a movie on its surface It doesn't really deserve the, the thing It's just it's just a so-so movie that can help us be better in the future Which is kind of what the movie's trying to say <laughs> But I don't think the backlash against Green Book Is entirely just that it's um, a white experience movie a white savior movie, because this 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 article that we referenced earlier, the Shadow and Act One, which is called "How Green Book and the Hollywood Machine Swallowed Doctor uh, Donald Shirley Hole. um, you get into it and you're you, you, okay. So there's a lot of there's a lot of discussion about how it's all a symphony of lies. This they didn't have this strong relationship. They weren't friends afterwards. They you know he was fired two months in. All this stuff about this this kind of thing. You know what? Again, I'm going to cite back to Doctor of uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. For the purposes of the story they're trying to tell, yes, that's unfortunate, but it shouldn't be. It's a it's, it's a movie, okay. Uh, I, I, it may not be accurate, but it's trying to get at a greater truth.
0: But every movie lies. There's no such thing right. as an accurate movie. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, but. Does it mean all lies are forgivable?
1: No, nope, it doesn't mean all lies are forgivable. And I and I certainly um feel for the family who are watching this and seeing it presented to the world not as he was. That's painful. However, uh well well no, no not however. Um but if you go deeper than that, the, uh, if you if you keep reading the article, it's not um it's it's not that they just augmented the relationship between them. It's they, they, this article claims that uh, Nick Villalonga, the son and co-screenwriter, had been asking uh, Donald Shirley for him to make a movie of, this, of his relationship with his dad for 30 years. And he was saying flatly, no. No, no, no. You're not going to do it. I don't want it told, because that's honestly not, it wasn't wasn't that big a deal, or, or he didn't want it done. And it wasn't until after he died that they made this movie. And then, as they all claim, oh, we just figured there weren't any family members left. But all the other family members say, no, we're all still here. And none of us signed off on it. But again, this is a story about Tony hmm so and 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 then you the the what this why this feel and i i feel like there's more to there's more nefarious thing oh the, the, well just the denials afterwards of like oh no they're they're not telling the truth
0: we're saying that they talked to don shirley and he specifically I asked th- them don't talk to my family. Right, and wait till after I'm dead before you make this
1: movie. Exactly, which is also which, a dubious claim that I can see. Maybe you it. said
3: that,
0: but yeah.
1: but I can certainly see see Hollywood. It's awfully
0: convenient. It's awfully
1: convenient because also they all say he wasn't estranged from his brother or his family. It's like the the the, the Edwin uh, Shirley, the uncle, uh, the nephew. is like I I talked to him my whole life. <laughs> What's going yeah. on? And so. So what this uh so the disingenuous of it, and then the protection the 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 slander uh against the family in order to protect the movie, this is where it's really starts wrangling my feathers, okay as a movie, it's fine, but then you just kind of get into the heart of the people who are making it and protecting their product, and what it starts to smell like is it starts to smell like. Um, another case of white people just—I I just want well, do, wanting to do whatever they're going to do whatever they want to do, at the expense of who cares. And um, this is where it starts to me getting into what I call the French Connection conundrum. Is that the French Connection is an Oscar-worthy movie? It won Best Picture. Everyone loves the French Connection. That is a fan of that era and, and of movie making. But you hear the story that they loudly tout and are very proud of that uh how Freak William Freakin okayed and was in the backseat of the car actually of that chase scene you know the famous chase scene we all know it for Car uh, chasing a train the Car chasing a train and it became one of the longest car chases in history at one time and one of the most famous ones one of the most exciting ones and then as the story goes which I think has been proven not Uh, to be solely apocryphal, but true, is that they did that uh, without permits. And they did it in rush hour traffic. Morning, Morning traffic, real people. So everything you see them almost run into are people not expecting a car coming at 120 miles an hour at them.
0: They didn't sign on for this.
1: They did not sign on for this. They didn't wake up and say, you know what? If I die for a movie today, it's going to be okay. You know, and and thankfully no one did that we know of, but the fact that this movie is praised as being best picture and best I think it went best director too I'm not sure um, is to me um, uh, <laughs> I was going to jokingly say Ashonda but it is Ashonda I'm not Jewish but I'm going to use it anyway because it is it's 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 a shame it's a travesty you do not do that. A movie isn't that important. Never has it's been. Never will be. And it's unfucking professional. And so uh, I, I, I'm. A, you know, I, I I'm a director. Um, uh, uh, I think you should try to get every shot your best shot, and I think you should try to get everything you want and work really hard to do it. Um, but no movie should come at the cost of life or limb. And there's always a way around it. And this whole the Alan Parsons project thing where the the director and the producers, um, and I think maybe in the first, uh, where people have gone to jail because of the accident that happened. They were shooting without permits on a train track. did you remember? Did you hear about this? Um, Alan Parsons project or the midnight band. Yeah. They were, they were doing a movie called, wait, was it Alan Parsons. Pro- I'm sorry. It, it was a, it was a band called midnight flyer. It was a movie called midnight flyer. And it was about this, uh, it was a story about the band and, um, they were shooting on a train track that they didn't get permits for and they figured it was fine because you know we're shooting a movie everything's fake and then a train came they were shooting on a trestle and they couldn't get off the trestle in time and a first assistant Uh, camera lost her life
0: that was about alan parsons project i remember
1: when that happened i didn't know what the movie was about and uh, there was a big, uh, when, when, when the trials were coming up, there was a big fear. Of, well, these people actually might go to jail. And I was like, they should. They should go yeah. to jail. It's criminal negligence. It's yeah. criminal negligence. Just because you're making a movie doesn't mean it's not real. You're still managing people. People yeah. died on your watch because you personally decided their safety wasn't as important as following the rules. To quote Noam Chomsky,
0: you are responsible for the foreseeable outcome of your actions. Yes. Foreseeable
1: consequences. So I think The French Connection should have its best Oscar and certainly best director revoked. Not because it's not a bad movie, but because it's an irresponsible fucking... um, uh, It should not be uh, lauded and it should not be emulated in terms of... Now, is that on screen? No. We just assume it's the magic of the movies so I don't know but I I think if it's an industry award and not a critic award we should be we should be considering that as well so that leads us now to Green Book should these um, uh, not so elevated moral workings of or just not nice uh, or respectful workings of uh, the producers of Green Book should have they been awarded Best Picture given that they took a story and didn't care about the life rights and doing all sorts of manipulation around it to try to save their own face and then tell this other story, which is purportedly about love and respect. Uh, I don't know, but I uh, certainly don't like it as much, uh, if if that's true. If all those things in the article, shadow and act is true, then... Yeah, I don't like it. But again, it's one article I read, but it sure sounds pretty fucking right on. Sounds like what they'd do. Would you feel differently if if everything that was stated there was true? If you were certain that that was true?
0: If there was documentary evidence?
1: That they totally disregarded the wishes of the the life rights of the uh, subject of this movie to tell the story they Uh, wanted to tell?
0: I'm not familiar with life rights is this a legal question or merely an ethical question merely is this a legal question or an ethical let's say
1: let's say ethical because the legal can be sorted out the ethical of uh, should best picture go to a movie that acted somewhat unethically
0: and um, the ethics here being you shouldn't make a movie um, that has biographical elements without the permission of the living survivors of that
1: subject? Well, when you're told no and then you just wait till they die and then do whatever you want. It certainly doesn't uh, give you good vibes. So, if
0: Dick if Dick Cheney never gave permission for vice. Ooh, okay.
1: Nice nice. I don't
0: I don't see I don't see ethically the
1: difference. True, except for the fact that the Cheneys haven't been historically marginalized as a people and had stuff like this happen to them all the time and this is just one more incident Right, there's not that taint. This is one more incident of of another uh, more powerful force just taking and doing whatever they want.
0: So there might be a moral dimension here beyond the ethical one. But as a strict ethical question, I don't think you need someone's permission to... Mm to comment on them one way or another in, in, in film.
1: But this is right? more of a representation. Now,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, what's the difference?
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. There's not really much of a difference.
0: Now, if you try to claim that you're honoring a person and you're, in fact, not honoring their wishes, that puts your claim into, into doubt, right?
1: right. But um, its legitimacy as a as something they should have, shouldn't have done, I guess that's... Neither here nor there, but it, you're right. It becomes it a question there... of
0: whether you want to reward it or not. Right. You know. Exactly. As, Which is what to happened. say that like ethically they should not have done it. Um, I I don't think it passes that test. I mean, I think it I think it and, does and, pass that test. And there's
1: and and there's the inherent stem of the controversy is that it it doesn't fail the test of should it be there, but it does basically just say okay, this can go through, but we think you're an asshole. And isn't yeah. that what free speech is all about? And I think free speech has been commented several times before and will sadly have to be repeated, especially with Trump saying, I'm restoring free speech in this area. And it's like, um, no, we've always had free speech. We don't have freedom from consequences of your speech which the consequences are being I don't like you anymore <laughs> <laughs> you can't change that if you so you, what you're looking for is freedom from consequences for your speech you don't want us to think ill of you by the dumbass things you say but I'm sorry you can't control that you know yeah it's like that can't be litigated Unless you're liberal, but, then you can get in and litigate anything. No. Just kidding. <laughs> by the same token, I am a liberal.
0: If if the academy, um, gives the best picture award to the wrong film, don't they have to, like, the, is uh, is, um, is allowing them to revoke that post hoc, allowing uh, letting them off the hook <laughs> for the error in judgment. Oh, the, letting them rewrite not, not, a, their... not,
1: not an administrative mistake you're talking about an error in ethical judgment
0: yeah not because someone new evidence has that.
1: come to light that these people are assholes so we're going to give it to black clamsmen. right yeah I mean how
0: would you even you just have to like have no best picture that year yeah. administratively like right. if you're if you're going to say well we're going to revoke it but I I feel like their mistake should be cast in amber is like, well, that's what, that's who the Academy was at that point in time. Well, isn't
1: that why we have have to own that? Yeah. Say, well, we don't want that to happen again. That's why we say never forget, (laughs) never forget green book. (laughs) Remember the Alamo. Remember green book.
0: (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I guess you would deny the movie that marketing,
3: uh, yeah. Well,
1: capital i i guess i i guess that does creep because a- after the oscars won i was trying to type up notes and doing all this stuff and i turned on um uh uh i went to the uh, have on the background when i did i went to youtube and went to the epic rap battle page which i disregarded earlier in my life and i've come recently to become kind of obsessed with uh, erb with the epic rap battles like kind of really impressed with their writing and and i thought the production was too over the top at first and now i kind of dig it um and anyway the the one they just posted was basically a q and a with uh nice peter and uh nice peter was talking about his favorite episodes and why they were his favorites and it occurred to me he was talking about how they made the albert einstein stephen hawking one which is borderline offensive <laughs> honestly but listen, what he said is he said they spent two months, because they didn't know anything about quantum theory or any of the things that Einstein and, and Stephen Hawking's were purport, were about. So they spent two months researching and learning about the subject so they could come up with to make certain barbs that sound like they would have come from them if they'd had that attitude, but that they would have sounded like they would come from their own knowledge base, right? And then they um, Want to make sure, but it, it sounded like it, and it would to make sure that it would be that the jokes were jokes that people who did know Einstein and Hawking's work would find funny and not be and and would get them that they would play in that world, and so um, they did the work to understand their subject, and then create the art and drama and conflict and comedy out of what they came to understand, and so. It just struck me so hard that I thought, it sounds like epic rap battles of history does the work that the makers of Green Book simply didn't. And and to me, it just shows a... um, a a lack of understanding about the easier path versus the richer path. And that... You can like I think Silicon Valley does an amazing job about mining comedy and drama out of contract law. (laughs) Like, like the truth, no matter how mundane, can always be made exciting um, when you figure out the implications of what the truth actually are. Instead of just saying, "Well, uh, this is going to be easier to easier dramatic line," so let's follow that. Um, And so I I was just impressed and I thought, well, see, there are people out there who who have the right attitude, who have the right work ethic. And it was just a shame to me, but not a a punitive offense, that Green Book was rewarded and Epic Rap Battles wasn't. (laughs) But uh, because they seem to have the right... To me, they have the work ethic that I
0: admire. So... What I think is happening in, in, in Green Book, the story behind the movie, is uh, is his name Nick Bellalanga? Yeah. He wants to make a movie about his dad, and everything else is motivated reasoning to justify making a movie about his dad. Yeah. And making it the way he wanted to make it.
1: And I have to admit, a small part of me is like, can you blame him? Like, what if you wanted to make a movie about your dad?
0: It's all coming from a place of emotionally wanting to stick up for his dad and, and portray his dad as a good guy.
1: Right. And I'm sure if I told a story about my dad with that intent, I might not actually get some things right, probably. And, or, or, yeah. true, or accurate. Right, you know? Yeah. Because, right. honestly... Who could? Who, who could? Because right? yeah. we keep stuff from our kids there's things that they don't need to know about because it's just stuff that that will worry them and it's not proper so you know as much as we spend every day with our children and give them all of our time attention and money and uh, our energy our lives they can't really completely know us and we can't really completely know them because once they grow up they're going to give the best of themselves to someone else other than us yeah and
0: you might have been interested in investigating the accuracy of the version your, your dad gave you. Nick Villalonga maybe was not interested in that. And right. He was more interested in giving his impression of his dad as told to him by his dad. As told to him by his dad, right. So, you know, and honestly, he gave it the a uh, Christmas story treatment. It was the, it's a the right. Gene Shepherd, Right.
1: Or Big Fish. Or, or, yeah. yeah. This is the story. This is, this is him as he would like to be seen. And yeah. you know what, that's okay I guess Just not, that, Maybe not the
0: best, but right. it is A thing It yeah. is a thing Yeah,
1: I agree with you Let me, let me, let me, let me put, I had this really strange thought That, uh, a connection that got made um, And I haven't fully worked it out But I, I think it's, I'd like to see where it goes um, On the red carpet before the Oscar ceremony started I was setting up all my gear and stuff and I caught Jordan Peele was on the um, uh, red carpet. He was being interviewed about, you know, us and the, uh, not, not, not you and me, but this movie that's uh, coming out soon, us um, and get out. And he said, I-, I just want to make movies that enter the conversation and also are entertaining. That's it. And with that attitude, it was real. I mean, you could see it, the, the success that he's built off of that. And I think that's that's a fair statement that he makes. Um, and, and he's made a masterpiece doing that with Get Out. But mm-hmm. one could also argue that what Peter Fairley is doing is he has the same intent with his movie Stuck on You, which was about conjoined twins and uh, a large community of the mentally handicapped. And then Shallow Howl with obesity and our obsession with looks... And then me, myself, and Irene with multiple personality disorder, and and but the thing is, is that none of them successfully avoided the feeling of being off-putting. Like you could see the good-hearted attempt that was being made by him. Like he was, I, I I I want I want to laugh with these people rather than laughing at them. But then when they're all watch, very
0: sentimental movies,
1: they're yes. sentimental movies. Like Stuck on You is surprisingly. Uh, Huge-hearted and uh, and kind of you know kind of kind of honest about sibling feelings and uh, like like I, I found myself as as some sometimes distasteful as that movie got I it, it, I found it very touching the laughable moments when Greg Kinnear would sit on a park bench once he'd been separated from his brother and he'd sit on a park bench and he would try to scoot up next to people to feel comfortable again. <laughs> And they'd be creeped out, and and it was it was goofy and absurd and, and, and really diminutive. But honestly, it was I can see how he'd feel that way, you know. Yeah. It was sweet, um, but yet you don't you can't escape the idea of derision from those movies, uh, uh, uh especially uh, I will talk at length about. Did you see me myself, me myself, and Irene? Yes, I like that movie. Undoubtedly, to me, the funniest parts of that movie are his sons. Yeah. His three sons, his three uh, African-American sons uh, who are all geniuses. Which proves fairly can't be racist. (laughs) Yeah. No, all geniuses and loud and uh, 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 profane and everything. Super smart, super aggressive, but super loving. They're amazing. However, there's a scene in it well, okay. Well, no, the weird things with the chicken stuck up people's butts—just weird. But my it, favorite
0: it, scene of that movie is when they're arguing uh, about the helicopter yes, manual.
1: that is the best scene in the movie. That is the best scene in the movie where he's like, he's like, get the manuals. Like, it's all in German, motherfucker. You can speak German. So they do yeah. the the the. Pre- of course, he can't flight. speak German.
0: He only got uh, fifteen hundred in his SRTs.
1: <laughs> so then they you start. You know, I had the flu. <laughs> I mean, that's a hilarious scene, but I've struggled with liking that scene. I've struggled with liking that scene because here's the thing. One, it's funny because they they all are perfect comedic timing. It's funny because Jim Carrey obviously loves his sons and cares for them. However, they are walking uh, proof that his wife was but they're not his kids. Yeah. His wife was cheating. His wife was cheating on him with a midget Mensa genius. (laughs) So his kid. So every time his kids are smart, it's a reminder that his wife was, didn't love him and was unfaithful. The color of their skin reminds him that his wife is unfaithful, Uh, but they love him and would do anything for him. Right. And he loves them right back. But I, the discomfort for me comes from wait is all that stuff what makes it funny? Or is it funny because I don't expect the black people to be that smart? No, I thought it was awesome that they were. Oh, I thought it was awesome. They were geniuses too, but I'm like going is. But
0: it's also funny that they're geniuses who talk like they've grew up watching Richard
1: Pryor. Right. right? But But then again, Richard Pryor was a genius. I mean, a comedic genius. So like yeah. the, the 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 contrast that they're making, to me is uncomfortable. Like like I I, I like I, I'm pretty confident. Although I'm sure it could be challenged, I'm pretty sure I'm laughing at it for that reason. The reason you're laughing at, but I'm weirded out by the fact that is the movie telling me I should be laughing at this because everything about them their clothes, their speech, their upbringing. She tells me that 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 is it contrast with their level of intellect. Does that include the color of their skin? And that well, so bothers me. What about his wife
0: cheating on him with a little person? Right. Like, exactly. Is it a joke that oh my god, she cheated on Jim Carrey for him? Right. Or is it that why why shouldn't she? Why shouldn't she cheat? Why shouldn't she yeah. cheat on him with a so little person? That
1: that's another great uh, I- emblematic is, of like. Of like, is this the road to equality that I'm experiencing right now, or is it a disingenuous sentiment, or is it a is it a real sentiment with a feeble with a ungraceful hand?
0: I I, of Peter I, don't, I, I don't I don't know.
1: know I don't know I didn't feel that was
0: ungraceful in that movie I really okay. that's what I liked about that movie right. You know, it's like um, it's, it's in Kingpin. They had the, um, his landlord is a guy in a wheelchair who's an asshole, right? Right. And the story he told in an interview was that it was a friend of his who's in a wheelchair would always complain to him that guys in wheelchairs in movies are always nice and that he always wanted to see someone in a wheelchair be an asshole. Right. So like, okay, so I wrote that into my next movie. Right. And That's like, great. Yeah, why can't a guy in a wheelchair be an asshole? Why can't? Why can't black people be geniuses? Why can't you know? I mean, it's it's right. something you. It's funny because you don't usually see it on the screen, right. and they also are very funny characters. And them arguing. Their arguing
1: is really funny in general. Know, I mean, it's just
0: They're arguing they're is brothers. funny in general. They're brothers. But also, who... they're arguing about genius stuff, but also <laughs> you, using you language that one does not associate with genius. You know, right. which is. Uh, that's got class at, uh, mixed in with with race too, right? Yeah. Um, so. So.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know um, either. I
0: wonder how other people received that. I. would be seem curious to, have... to me at the time.
1: Yeah, I, I remember laughing hysterically through that, and then at some point just going, "Uh oh!" I think it was the part where you find the guy, the the three brothers, like catch one of the bad guys, and it cuts away. And when the other bad guys come back and they find that guy, he's tied to a post with a chicken shoved up his ass. And I'm just like a tired chicken? Well, like it's like a it's like the head, his 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 pants are stripped down, and the head of a chicken with the feathers and everything is like inserted into his rectum. And I'm like, that's not something those genius three boys would do. Are they trying to make a comment that they're really savages on the inside? What is going on? Like, I was just so off put by that. And I'm like, where is what have we crossed over into where this is? There is this a mistake that it's in his mind that just kind of came out and no one checked him on it. I don't know. And at the same time, I think it's one of the Farley Brothers movies. Which one is it? It might be Shallow Hal. I can't remember. There's one of the Farley Brothers movies where the all the where the credits. Every credit that goes by for the entire crew, they have photos taken on set of the crew and they have arrows pointed to which crew member is which person. So like the set dressers, the PAs, the the catering. They drew and I'm like, that was awesome. That's a very sweet so you can and then and then you get stories of like Peter Farley, the whole stories about him it was one of the first controversies that came out was that he liked to expose himself on set for jokes to the crew. He'd waggle his penis in front of people for as a joke. Not really a joke. Not cool, but... Uh, but but it, you add all this stuff together and it makes a human being, a, a a complex human being that I can't quite figure out. It's entirely
0: possible that he... I mean... For many, that's a power move. Right. It's possible someone could do that as, hey, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, he's showing his penis the way um, What's-His-Face does in um, chasing, Sarah, chasing Sarah Silverman. <laughs> Forgetting <laughs> Sarah Marshall.
1: <laughs> right. Him, wet, yeah. him
0: standing there naked is a humiliation, right? Right, and it's, it's a humiliation. It's degrading. And may it's 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 possible someone could show their penis and say, Hey, I'm not some big important director, I'm just a schmuck with a little dick. Right, exactly. You know? Um it doesn't, you know, it doesn't give West. other people the option to not see that. Right,
1: right.
0: So it's not cool. Right, um it could still come off as a power move even if it wasn't meant as one.
1: Right, exactly. I'm
0: no, I, I, I can pl-
1: I I completely agree. It's not
0: that. necessarily the same as Louis C. K. or um uh The Weinstein guy, right, doing the same thing.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. I I believe that there's it's it's potent It's still not cool, but it's there's potential for that being. I'm trying to depower or equalize, but you gotta again, you gotta realize your consequences of actions. You might be affecting someone in a different way. Oh yeah, than you than you think you are. And that's part yeah, of growing up. Do not do that. Do not do that not sir. the way to achieve that goal. Oh, the PC police is coming up to me. What, I can't expose my tiny humiliating junk in person. I'm trying to make everyone feel better. <laughs> <laughs> there are other ways to do that. Just talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> like constantly all the time. What was, what was the story about the guy... Sorry, I don't know if I want to make you tell this. You used to tell a story about a coworker who kept talking about his his balls, or like yeah. how there was like a hedgehog. He likes and he'd say, "I like this hedgehog to be up against my balls or something." Oh,
0: that was my friend uh, Jenny's story. She was a, a friend of mine I used to work with, and this is her story she told me about her next job where one of her coworkers uh, was telling a story in the office, and this isn't like a coworker that she was like drinking buddies after work. This is like someone she barely interacts with. But it was telling the story about how his hamster had escaped from his cage and he couldn't find it and didn't know where it was and thought it was gone. But then he wakes up in the night and it's and it's the way he said it. It was like nestled up right next to his little buddies or something. It was the way he referred to his testicles <laughs> And he kept doing it. And he tells he just thought everybody should know. Right, right. But his hamster spent the night next to, cuddled up to his balls.
1: There must be something good about it because the hamster could have cuddled up against anything and it chose. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, maybe it was
0: it warm and, um, you know, he's probably thirsty. Like, he didn't have his little bottle <laughs> with the dribble thing, so he wanted something with some moisture on it.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, you know with, uh, with a hamster size or a dribble size, that. That could be like one of those husband pillows, you know, that you lean into and then the two arms kind of swing out underneath your your uh uh your your pits there. Yeah. Maybe that's uh the hamster's waifu now.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's his little fuck pillow. Mate, that's it. He referred to his balls as a fuck pillow. That's, that's
1: it. Right. So I woke up and the hamster was just there, fucking my balls. Couldn't believe it. I said, "Should I turn uh, over, and the hamster said, "Nope, I'm fine
0: i I, I don't remember exactly <laughs> the line now. I think the implication was that the hamster mistook his balls for another hamster.
1: right i feel, I feel like you told me there was something like like the hair like lined up, like the pubic hair and the hamster hair felt <laughs> the same. It was something like that. This is
0: probably me. This is probably my imagination. (laughs) Because I remember when I think about the story,
1: I just remember being This sounds like speculation on my part. (laughs) I just remember it sounded so gross. I was like, yeah, this guy needs to be put away. (laughs) But here we are telling the world about it. (laughs) Uh, All right.
0: Smooth segue. I've got one more. Yeah, oh, sorry. No, I to, was... to
1: to to wrap up that last segment. I was just just I started talking about Jordan Peele. Uh, sorry, just the Jordan. The ball segment or the... no, 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 no. We're gonna jump back I, on the red carpet. No, not not the carpeting, the red carpet. By the way, have you seen the the Key and Peele sketch about the uh, like Power Ranger type or Voltron type show called um, Fa- Falcon something Jet Falcons Best. or something, where they have it's like Rob Hubel and there's blue falcon, yellow Fal- falcon, uh, uh and Jordan Peel is Green Falcon, but everyone keeps calling him Black Falcon. <laughs> He's like, um, I'm Green Falcon. <laughs> I mean, oh you no, Black Falcon Falcon, can you go over this? No, I, there is no black falcon. I'm green falcon. <laughs> they go how would you like it purple falcon if i called because she's asian he goes how would you like it purple falcon if i called you yellow falcon they're like uh racist how is that ra- <laughs> why is that racist and i'm <laughs> it's a great sketch and they're doing this while they're all trying to fight a big giant robot destroying the city <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny. Um, so anyway, I was try- uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, I feel like successfully makes entertaining movies that enter the conversation, and I don't have any of those questions about what he's trying to do. Well, Peter, F- well, he Peter- started
0: the conversation he meant to start. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I think oh. I jumped ahead of your point.
1: Well, 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 no, well he start Well, that was. No, I think there's been a long-standing conversation about, obviously. But he did jump in with a different perspective on, uh, excuse me, or rather with a crystal clear perspective on it. Whereas Peter Farley, I do believe has sweet intentions. He's a very sentimental storyteller, but, and he's, um, I I mean, part of me has uh, hastens, uh, hesitates to say, might be a kindred spirit in a way in the sense that i am very sentimental i have a i really want to project a lot of empathy and sympathy for things but i also dig the all the crazy shit we've been talking about all day tonight you know um i have a ribald tongue and a a, a, you know kind of scatological sense of humor And and those two, I don't think, are mutually exclusive. Um, But I also have to know, you know, I got to think of mastery of tone. I got to, if I'm going to incorporate those two things in the same thing, I have to have a real command on the tone and know how far I can go in either direction without killing the other or not at all. Got to know when I can and when I can't. And I, I, I think Peter Farley has struggled with that, whether he knows it or not his most of his career and whether, um, whether he thinks he's been struggling with it or not.
0: Yeah. He take, I mean, he takes risks. That's, I think it comes with he, that territory.
1: He certainly does. And honestly, um, for three white guys to be telling that story is, doesn't sound like a risk traditionally, but in our days it is. The, the other thing that I find the shadow and act put onto that was the fact that how Octavia Spencer got involved um according to the article I, they took the script to octavia spencer because when she came up on stage i was like what's she doing there she wasn't was she yeah. in the movie i didn't think she was in the movie no she was brought on as a producer but from the way that the shadow and Act article tells it she was brought on to basically be remember <laughs> do you remember how we said uh 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 we were talking about Tropic Thunder and the one thing that rubbed us wrong was they said we we always had Brandon about the, the Robert Downey Jr.'s blackface uh, character is that they always had Brandon T. Jackson there to turn to to see if they were overstepping their bounds I was like well mm-hmm. that sounds one that sounds bad Say, <laughs> so, you know two you're putting it all the onus on him right which is representing
0: what, all black people.
1: Yeah, and if anything's offended, well it got through Brandon, so maybe he's the one with the problem. <laughs> and and so like um um and and for the record, I I I certainly acknowledge the sensitivity of it, but Tropic Thunder to me was definitely a movie that was supposed to be making fun of actors. And that is one of the biggest things you can make fun of actors for doing. And so I you know, I don't slight that. Uh, for that but I can certainly see it since it's I can certainly see it being uh, uh, being offensive to someone so anyway so Octavia Spencer was brought on and they ran all these things past her like people were mad that the movie's called Green Book but it doesn't feature the Green Book much this to me is a small point as far as the movie goes because it sets the it, it's more of a contextual setting I think However, it is weird that it is not a story about the black experience. It's a story about the white experience. However, it is a story. If you think about it, it's the white person discovering that there is such a thing called the Green Book. And it's an entryway into what they have to go through. So Octavia Spencer, they took it to her and they said, should we change the title? This is what they say. And she's like, no, I love the title. So whenever any journalist comes up and says questions, they're... Reasoning or motivation on anything, they say, well, Octavia loved it and demanded we didn't do that, so we didn't. And it's disingenuous. It's disingenuous to uh, and, and actually and I, uh, not right for them to hire a black lady and then say, well, we, you know, we ran all through her, so we're making all the decisions and she's okaying them all. Now would Octavia feel that way about it? Probably, I probably not. I hope not. I hope she feels like she's much more. Responsible player in all that, but yeah. um, that's the way it's being presented.
0: Yeah, I mean that could be tokenism, but I, I guess I'd want to hear Octavia.
1: I'd want to hear Octavia talk about version it. Version of that, right? Before yeah. I start throwing fingers and casting aspersions, I, she'd need to say what her experience was. I think so. Uh, but anywho, really, what I was trying to say, just compare how how similar are jordan peel and peter farley as a uh as directors and writers and um you know, are there similarities are there where where what could if if there was something that could be improved on peter farley's end what tips could he take from jordan peel other than being black and a genius <laughs> you yeah, would just uh you're the one who's supposed to have a point of view on this. No, no I was just, I was, I was just saying if, oh uh, yeah, I was just, I was tossing <laughs> that out, wondering if it did make a, ah, I, uh, I, as I said, this wasn't a fully I'm not formed prepared. thought. Um,
0: nothing this, immediately comes to mind. Um, we'll do a three
1: hour mini-sode on it next time. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, uh th- so think peace people. Um, Jordan Peele versus Peter Farley. Let's hear your thoughts on Twitter or at our, Gmail account, whose name I don't remember right now, or our Facebook. Just let us know. Send us your thoughts. But before we take your thoughts... So I have a thought experiment. Ooh, you have a thought experiment.
0: What if nothing about this movie was different? Nothing about Green Book was different, except after the Christmas party, we have one more scene. Mm. It's Mrs. Velalanga, whose name I don't remember, cleaning up after the party. Everyone's gone home. She's cleaning up. She's smiling because it was a fun time. Everybody had a good time. She goes to throw something away, and there in the garbage is a glass.
1: Oh. Thought experiment Indeed cuz as a writer i got chills with that and i was like oh that's so good but then i'm like okay so wait what well, yeah but wow it's sad but it's also yeah. it's it's also painfully honest that you know he's yeah he's working on this thing he's had this journey he obviously likes that but he'll still have that's just it. You don't change those deep seated things so quickly. Yeah. That's a. Gr- that almost would have made it Best Picture. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> that would have justified it as Best Picture for me, actually. Just because it's like, it's. It's hard. It's it's hard to rewire yourself. It's hard to, wow.
0: He's a, he's a work in progress. He's a work work in progress. Does it mean, but, or does it mean like everything that there has been no progress, that every, right. Everything that looked like progress was disingenuous and should be disregarded.
1: But he, I mean, but he's hugging, he's hugging him. He's doing all this. He's been bled on by him. Didn't seem to have any problem with any of that, but the glasses thing, yeah, that's. Or 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 what if, what if at the end of the like like, what if he's staring at the glass, and he's just staring at it,
0: and then we cut to black, yeah, like the top inspection,
1: yeah, but inspection.
0: I inspection inception
1: thanks mom i love inspection too it's a good movie um yeah no i dream catcher the 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 powerful part is in the (laughs) the the powerful part is that it's in the trash and that she finds it because she is presented as someone who loves her husband dearly but but doesn't approve of the racism
3: yeah
1: um and doesn't chide him for it either though doesn't like demand he change, but is happy when he she sees and relieved when she sees that he's come around, yeah, you know, and then to see that again would be hard, but for her, oh Tony
3: <laughs> we cut
1: out
2: Boom.
0: Oh, Tony.
1: Hey, Tone. So, back to being racist, Tony? Hey, why are you breaking my balls? (laughs) Ah, get out of here. Where's the (laughs) meathead?
2: Boy, the way Doc Shirley played. (laughs)
1: Oh boy. no I'm fast that that's got my gears turning and I can't stop thinking about that. What would that be? I've been
0: trying to think like what to do to the to the whole movie and how it would change the perception of it.
1: Wow. I can okay. I, I can't stop thinking about that. That's pretty amazing.
0: Where uh we
1: we can end this episode, Wade. We this totally can close. happen. And then let's all watch Whiskey Cavalier as soon as we can. <laughs> There was a great. Oh, do you skipped all the ads? I don't know. I don't know. What there, they, they were prom- relentlessly promoting before, daring, after uh, a, a new ABC show called Whiskey Cavalier. And uh, uh, I love Frank Connor's tweet after where he goes, Say what you will about Green Book and the Oscars, but all I know is that after watching the show, I'm not going to fucking watch Whiskey Cavalier. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, the big surprises of this night were Olivia Coleman, great, Green Book, huh? And honestly, weirdly, I thought this was Billy Crystal's best hosting duties yet. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> he did a pretty great job.
0: You know, it's like he worked himself in seamlessly. You know, <laughs> he didn't make it about him.
1: He him did, finally this. didn't make it about him. That's right. Oscar, Oscar, who will win? You'll be mad. <laughs> um, okay. So let's give our let's let's put a big bow on this. Um, yeah. I won't. I don't. I don't got to talk about the sniper rifle. It's fine. <laughs> it, it in the in the credits it was weird though to see like they were doing the best of Oscar moments where they would just kind of show clips from the evening and they were all diversity uh, Winnings It was pretty amazing. You just kind of see like oh look all these. Uh, 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 women of color, men of color uh, uh, a phrase I'm still not totally comfortable with by the way men of color, women of color um, it's it's fantastic it's wonderful and then it weirdly abrupts and then you see a sniper rifle I'm like what the fuck and then it's going into an ad for Whiskey Cavalier as the credits are going on (laughs) Like there's a, the credits for the Oscars at the bottom and the half of the top is still is like this thing. But it really felt like they were trying to take out the winners of the Oscars. It really felt that way. Yeah. And I was I was like uh, I was I, I I left Shaken um not stirred. But I love Shaken ah, really. I'm bad. glad you
0: did it so I didn't have yeah. to
1: <laughs> I I I fell on that sword for you. Um <laughs> Alright. So let's put a big bow on this on this uh Extravaganza. Whether we before cut we this? do,
0: one important piece of business. Okay, the train accident movie was titled Midnight Rider. Oh yes, yes, yes. What I said, the say apple mi- doesn't fall far from the tree. You said uh, Midnight Flyer. <laughs> I said Midnight Flyer, and it's about Greg Allman, <laughs> not the Almond Parsons project. Not even the Allman Brothers band.
1: Ah, we have switched roles. Just uh, Greg Allman. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Oh wow. Okay, so Midnight. Writer, yeah, Greg Allman, which is a
0: Greg Allman song. So, gotcha. Yeah.
1: Okay, it's a Thank little you mnemonic. Um, person still lost their life, so I don't really care, <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, but yeah, okay, all right, they're still in jail, which I'm happy about. Rankings, okay, so now we're gonna rank um the movies that actually won, that actually were nominated for Oscars. Who, Ziggy, would you like to start? Sure, unless unless you want to start with uh, your favorites that weren't nominated, I I, I would, uh, or or if you have, do you have any as well? Did you rank ones uh, that you wished? In?
0: No, I didn't see a ton of movies last year. Uh, I so. think I saw about seventy. <laughs> <laughs> um, My favorite um, movie of the year is um, was nominated, though, so okay. I'll say that.
1: Well, I will put it um, only. Only one of the nominations was in my top ten. Um, so uh, my my own personal rankings for the top ten movies of the year, and honestly, the top thirty-three movies on my list all feel like top ten movies. They were all in the top ten at one point. It's been a good year. Seriously, no. When I was, I've been tracking it all year. Oh, here, here. Wait a second. Let me, let me... I feel like we should end with this. <laughs> what, just end with me saying that?
0: The, no, the the thirty you're giving your top thirty three.
1: You I could give my top seventy if you
0: want. I just didn't think you wanted to hear all that. Well, I I I want to hear the thirty three. I wanted
1: the good ones. Well here look look, let me let me the cream of the crap. Let me show you my spreadsheet here. This is my spreadsheet. I've ranked every movie uh for the since some from nineteen fifty five on oh uh, wow uh I did this because I thought this task would be daunting when I heard someone else had done it, and now i'm I've done it, but the most recently uh they've become most involved uh since two thousand and fifteen uh seventeen here's all the the uh, these are all the ones I've seen these are all the ones that i w- want to note and rank them all but 2018 here's um uh and i've got notable performances and stuff and then here and then my all-time list is over here but uh um uh yeah so i i've i i've seen this is all the ones i have seen of this year and i think and i've got 67 no i haven't put in stars born or bohemian rhapsody yet so i need to put those in so yeah 69 Sixty nine films so far. Nice. So okay. So then my my rankings for what was actually nominated. Um, but I'd say number eight. Um, Go
0: backwards. Last year we went backwards. Yeah. yeah no, number great, eight.
1: Good. Number eight. Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Yeah, mine too. That's my yeah. number eight.
1: Uh, number seven, Vice. It's got. Well, I'll move on. Do you want? Do you want to do this in tandem? Uh minor are the same as yours so far the right, so. device uh you number, go number, number six green book um Vice has higher highs than green book, but green book's at least consistent and has a point <laughs> uh, number five okay, this is where it got hard. Those three were easy. This is where it got hard. I switched it around a lot um I'm gonna say Black Klansman at five. It and then Black Panther at four. Black Klansman has bigger highs than Black Panther, but it, Black Panther's cleaner. I mean it's it's I mean it's makes more clear. It's it it feels like a better it the movies feel is a is a uh experience that I think is more successful. This next one's gonna be controversial. Number three is Roma. Probably because I didn't watch it the right way. (laughs) I did watch it wrong over five sittings. Um, I was number two. I was utterly charmed with the stars born that hasn't faded off yet. And I saw it the most recently. So it's at number two. If I give it a little bit of time, maybe Roma and those will switch places, but that's where it is right now. And the number one is the favorite. So, Mm. Favorite That's was the favorite.
0: Favorite was the favorite. Okay, um, I were oh, I was going from memory. No, this isn't what I wrote down. Okay, <laughs> my number, my number eight was Vice because it it made me it mostly made me angry. <laughs> um, okay. This is these are really um, the bottom after the top three. This is really just based on my emotional reaction when watching it. I uh, uh all these I watched in like a rapid succession to try to get ready for the Oscars, except for Black Panther, which I saw last year and haven't rewatched. and uh, So my memory might be fading. Anyway, okay. Vice is my number eight because it made me angry. Bohemian Rhapsody, pretty much just because of the the Live Aid sequence, I thought, okay. The Live Aid sequence was enough to make me think the Oscars should have a category for best set piece. Not best scene, but best set piece. piece because... The Oscars is all about marketing, and you you do set pieces because you market. You're gonna market your movie around the set piece,
1: right? Right.
0: Um, and they're just like big logistical achievements, and there's all sorts of reasons to reward a, a set piece. And um, and Bohemian Rhapsody, its nomination for Best Picture was really for Best Set Piece. Yeah, probably. Um, and it's the whole reason to watch the movie, really. Uh, my number uh, six was. Black Panther, um, just because I, I liked it a lot. I just wasn't, I don't remember. Uh, you know, I couldn't, maybe I was tired that day. I don't know. I'm just going by my reaction at the time. I, I need yeah, to rewatch all, that. That's and, all you can do. <laughs> um, green book. Cause I walked out of the theater feeling surprised at how happy the movie made me, um, yeah. and gave me warm, fuzzy feelings. It's a very critical, um, Assessment, that will probably fall down with time. Uh, Black Klansman um, uh, is next. I thought it was – I like Black Klansman a lot. Um, It felt like very personal filmmaking. It felt like – it felt like – this is going to sound insulting. I mean I thought – I'm going to say it this way. I thought uh, like after 25th Hour and stuff that Spike Lee had become like – more of a slick filmmaker. Oh yeah, and like this movie did feel and... no. Yeah, this inside movie man. did not feel slick at all. So it felt more like his early work yeah. in a great way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I like, and so like I was like, this is this would be like, this is a dumb thing to say. This would be the best student film ever. <laughs> but you could say the best. Right. Oh
1: well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a stupid thing to say. But it just felt so personal. And so unconcerned with adhering to convention. I complained about it not being a true procedural when so much of it was a procedural. Yeah. And that bothers me in the script. It doesn't bother me in the movie, which is why I... I, I, <laughs> I can know? see that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't even bother me as a directorial choice. Right. No, I completely um, get that. So I, I, thought, I thought the the whole was much greater than the sum of its parts with Black Klansman.
1: So Spike Lee, director, more though, so than screenplay is what you're, is probably... Yeah, by yeah. far,
0: by yeah. far for me. Um, then A Star is Born, which I just kind of fell in love with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the... <sighs> it was a movie that did such a good job of avoiding cliches when it seemed mm-hmm. like it was going to be riddled with them that the last... Like five minutes after the suicide, felt a little cliche to me, and so it it lost yeah. me. The very end of that movie lost me a little bit. Um, yeah. so that's a problem. The favorite, if just get rid of those fisheye lenses, and the favorite yeah. is <laughs> exactly. is a masterpiece. Um, yeah, uh, almost uh, so close to being a masterpiece. It just felt it felt a little too stunty in places. Yeah. I don't mm, you know. Um but Roma. Kuran made my uh, I'm gonna I am i can not even say his name. Curan? Did I say his name?
1: I found so Kuran he made my right. favorite
0: movie of the aughts Children of Men. Yeah. He might have made my favorite movie of this decade. Mm. I don't I don't cry at movies. I've maybe cried at two movies before Roma Roma made me cry at two different points. Mm. Like I was completely I was so glad I was, I was it was a day I was sick so I was home from work and I'm like I'm sick enough that I'm not going to go on email. I'm just going to sit in the dark and watch Roma.
3: Mm.
0: And and I was so glad I didn't try to rush it. I wish I could have seen it in the theater cuz cuz like the favorite is a movie you have to give yourself over to right. You yeah, have to yeah. like, like, I'm going to go along for this ride and Roma just like every, every beat of that movie I thought was perfect. Mm. I, I, I can, you know, I can think of no way to improve on, on Roma. Um, I mm. I was in, it just devastated me and I want, I want to talk more about it after you see yeah. it again.
1: But, um, I, I loved, the th- one of the things I remember more than anything is that reveal of uh of her boyfriend lover holding a gun on her in the mat in the furniture store, the mattress store yeah. during the the riot, the the the, the, right, the crib, the crib. That's right. How they they run in there and they're shooting, and then they, they like we see him run in, but we don't register it, and then. Were there and it's hit It was like oh, and it goes I know, of course it's him. Oh Jesus, yeah. There's so yeah. many.
0: And this is what they were been training for. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and his uh, his uh, I remember the the, I, I I was I think I dug my nails into my skin when um, they're in I think the downtown area, and the and the the boy who we come to learn is kind of the Alfonso Coron stand-in. Just runs off, and watching her walk the st- crowded streets on a Friday night to find him mm-hmm. is just—I mean, it's just a scene of him walk of her walking. But I'm like, literally, I—I I think I broke my skin on my arm. Yeah, <laughs> it was so because I bit. You know, that feeling is just so palpable as a parent, and 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 you're just there, and then. They just you know you blink and you miss it. His dad runs out of the theater with his mistress. Yeah, and 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 he goes, I think it was your dad and no and then all this scene culminates and then they just cut to inside the movie theater and they're showing Marooned with Gregory Peck and you know Gene Hackman and Richard Crenna and it's at that moment and I and at first I thought is he really trying to tip his hat to Gravity and then I go wait a second. Now I realize just how personal gravity is to him. Uh, and, and and it, it did I at thought that, about that at that moment, because it looked it's it's the same exact shot. He shows the exact kind of shots from Maroon of him going out to grab his fellow astronaut who's floating away, and it looks just like George Clooney going out to get Sandra Bullock. It looks just like it. And so, it's so
0: stupid I didn't make that connection
1: and 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 normally he would sit there and I go I don't like it when a filmmaker makes me think of other films he's made while watching this film but in that moment it 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 enriched both movies for me It told me how personal this movie was and it told me how personal gravity was because this probably all happened that night <laughs> <laughs> you know because he's you know this probably all happened to him this night kind of being forced to, trying to deny that he, his dad is cheating on his mom and then going to see this escapist kind of movie about uh, trying to survive and trying to be rescued in a drift. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I didn't know going
0: in that this was based on his childhood memories. I I didn't know either. Right? Uh, and so I, I, I didn't. Yeah, I mean the the film is so centered on Cleo that I never, I, yeah. I I wasn't trying to interpret any of it as through anyone else's point of view. And and, um, and it is
1: a nice strength of the movie that they don't that it, it, you kind of just pick up the children's traits. It's not like focused on like I for for a while I I didn't even know how many of there were. You just kind of see a bunch of them, <laughs> yeah. and you always see the back yeah. of their heads. You are not really really getting to know the kids, but then after a while you go, Oh, that one's him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, so this is the story and this is the part that devastates me is that it's the story of, of Cleo, who's both regarded as part of the family and will never be part of the family. Yeah. Right. Right. And, um, and this how she's taken for granted but they'll tell her that they love her and that they can't imagine themselves without her but then when they come home from vacation she's got to go back up the stairs and do the laundry right, right. and um and that's she's... where we see the the jetliner come again right and so mm-hmm. uh so the fact that the jetliner comes during the professor balancing scene that for me is like the whole movie reminded me, it was already reminding me of like Italian neorealism and, uh, Fellini yeah. especially. Um, and that scene is like the most, well, no, the most Fellini-esque scene is the New Year's Eve party and the fire. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy drunkenly singing in his, in his costume. Um, but, uh, the, the scene with the, where she's, The training scene and the professor guy who I guess is a real um, wrestler, professional wrestler who Hmm. wrestles under the name of the Latin Lover. Um, uh, He's doing the balancing act and then the jetliner goes overhead and then she is able to do the the balancing trick. Yeah. What is that? Like I'm still wrestling with that scene and what it means, Hmm. right? Like it – are we venturing into magical realism or is it that this guy is just a fraud and she's able to do it because she doesn't buy into the line? Or is it like a magical realist kind of moment where she, uh, uh, she's, she's hopeful in that moment because at that point she still thinks that this, her relationship with, um, Fermin can work and that that uh this baby can work or is it like she's balanced between two worlds and two realities or like i'm I'm still like wow. I, there's a lot to unpack from that yeah. moment right and the fact that this is one of three times that the that the airliner appears in the sky like does it represent like Like, it's tempting to think it represents hope and escape. But we see it when she's climbing Uh, upwards to a domestic life that she will not escape. Yeah, I I always took... So I don't think it represents that.
1: Yeah, well, I I always took... uh, You know, those are also fascinating. I'm sure my uh, sleep-addled interpretation is not going to hold water, but uh, when I saw...
2: Somebody's sleepy all of a sudden.
1: (laughs) Touche. Um, I no, I just meant as when I was watching it, like, there were five sleepy sessions. Yeah. Um, I, I took I took the planes at the, uh, the beginning and end to basically be. Um, there are people who are able to go anywhere and do anything, and and she's not one of them. She's uh, uh, other. She gets to listen to other people jet set and um she that's to me that seemed like the unattainable i thought the planes represented the unattainable and at the end of the movie they still fly over her head you know and but in that moment that kind of i don't think that's it because mm,
0: is she looking to escape
1: no i'm not sure she is i I just i looked at it as ability i looked at it as like you just escape's not the right word um uh, but I, because I, 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 she's not really trapped there. She's, she's, she's bound isn't even the right word, but it's closer because it's not necessarily meaning.
0: Um, I mean, her options are definitely limited, her right? Her
1: options are limited, but, but she's she also. She says she loves these children. She does love those children. And so um, that's why, that's where bound kind of came as a more of a, of a, of a, of a word for it, um, but I think I think the planes represented means and ability, um, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. But then at the training sequence, when she's able to, when she does the stand, I I, I just literally took that as because uh, I just took that as look at, of course she's able to do that. Because she has already shown she does everything, she does everything for the family, she handles everything without drama, she handles her boyfriend or 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 puts up with her boyfriend without um she, everything she can take anything that's what I took that ass was that she can take anything. And she can do anything, and so when all these people are trying to struggle with this, and and, and that could be a certain magical realism in the sense that she could do it because she doesn't buy into the line. I think that's actually a great a great assessment of kind of the thing of the um, the whole um, teaching session they're having there. I think that's a great assessment of that. But in terms of her being able to do it, I, I just took it. Look at all these. Men who are just trying to do one thing and they fail, <laughs> and um, and they're they're following this guy that says, "Look, you could do this if you just put your leg up on this and stand like this. It's impossible." You know what's impossible? Tried living in her life, you wouldn't last a yeah. second. That's what I took that as. But as far as the plane going overhead, um, that could just mean. If you're talking about means and um, then it might just trying to bring in that thing of like, look, there are people that can fly over. have the means to do all these things. And but she's got the means to actually do everything that's handed to her. So I've come I've,
0: I've come to see the planes as something slightly different. Mm which is, and it gets back to what you were talking about before with reaction to aroma is, if this is if, if this is a place that planes just fly over, people pass over those planes. I presume are going to the states, maybe not. Mm. Um, but they're this is this is well, it's like this is flyover country. Like this is this is the place that's disregarded that people don't pay attention to right. specifically. Cleo is someone who's disregarded and doesn't pay attention to. And these are the stories that people don't think of. Is what she's like the the you know the family in, in particular, they don't think about what Cleo's doing when she's not doing something for them. And they're not, you know, the uh, the the, um, the, dog, the mother the is surprisingly sympathetic when Cleo comes to her and says that she's pregnant. But even that is like a means to go have a conversation with with uh, (laughs) her husband's co-workers and find out what's up
1: with him. Right. right? Exactly.
0: Um, She means well, but she's like, do we see her ask, like, do you like this guy? Do you want to be with him? You know, and maybe she's just like reads the situation well, but. But they don't, you know. It's about disregarding and not paying
1: attention. Right. It's to, about to look where you know, people usually don't when, especially when they're encouraged not to.
0: Yeah, the people on the plane are off going their going about their lives, not thinking about the people that they fly over.
1: Right. Yeah, it's literally affecting. Cause you see it all the time, but they're not affected by Cleo at all. Just,
3: yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Which doesn't explain why it appears at that moment though and that's what i've been trying to it's it's such it's such a deliberate choice it can't be hmm. it, it has to it has to have significance and i haven't been able to unpack it yet hmm. so if alfonso hmm. Cruan, if you're listening um <laughs> i apologize i i even like listen to clips about of people saying his name so i could practice it, but of course, that was days ago, and now it's all faded away. <laughs> Curon? Curon? Ah, Damn cool it. Song. If you're listening, please email us at you watch wrong at gmail.com. Uh, no, it's happypanic.net. It's not gmail.com.
1: We got the drop. Okay. And I agree and, with you on you Children know, of Bill Men. Bill
0: Wright is going to write and say, uh, just watch the movie again. It's, <laughs> just
1: watch it again. Right. Give me hits. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I apologize, if you're listening, I apologize for watching it wrong. And I tend to watch it right some, at some point.
0: After I finished it, I immediately wanted to watch it again, paying no attention to the subtitles and just focusing on the images.
1: Mm. I love drama. And if you gave an Oscar for most editing to Bohemian Rhapsody... You awarded it wrong.
0: And now, to conclude our broadcast, a special musical message from Peter Farrelly and Nick Vallalonga.
2: Doc Sherl. Bet you're tired of this racist world. Tell you something more. Here comes a savior to fix your story. I'm writing. There's something about my creative team, white and wider Our movie's gonna solve everything Tell you something, Dawn Bet you're tired and your voice is gone let me sing for you Maybe teach you about the blues I'm crying Too bad you and dad can't be alive Too fair, eh? me Well, sit back, relax, and just let me drive don't think about blame, now we're of the same Don't say that it's banal To reconcile I will be the ally to the guy who made shallow hell He made shallow, shallow hell I made shallow, oh hell Shallow, hello, shallow, hell. I'm the guy who made shallow hell.
1: And and don't worry, Bradley. After four kids, I too have peed myself at the Grammys. <laughs>
2: at you, we got the statue, they act like we did a crime. Now that we're equal, let's make a sequel. Who should we get this time? Simon Callow, Scott Bayo, Vincent Gallo, Candletello. Hershala Alley Marshmallow and the guy who made shallow hell.